0: Welcome to Bring the Heat Podcast, Episode 4, brought to you by your hosts, Zach
1: Warner and Luke Monica.
2: We are going to start out with some NFL talk for everybody. So, first things first, don't, we, there isn't too much to talk about as far as the NFL is concerned. We got Adrian Peterson going to the Redskins. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about the move, but I think that it can't hurt. Obviously, we've already talked about the Redskins on a number of occasions so far in this podcast. And Adrian Peterson is a guy... I mean, he had two good games with the Cardinals last year and then kind of fell off after that. But they are a... The Redskins are are not going to be the best team in that division, for one. Two, they lack running backs with Geis going down. They needed another back. P. Ryan... P. Ryan's not bad, though. No, he's not. I think P. Ryan's going to get... I could honestly see Adrian Peterson after P. Ryan's 100% healthy. Uh, Is he hurt right now, P. Ryan? He was uh, banged up, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see Adrian Peterson not even making it the full season with the with the Redskins, truthfully. I do. I think, like you said, he's a guy. I think he's going to be the guy
0: down there. I think he's still, he's still capable, more than capable, I think, to uh, be an every down back, possibly. And he set up good down there in Washington because they have a good
2: offensive line coach. They have a good offensive line. They should be all right. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson's definitely a guy that he can be a game changer. It's just we don't really know, like, what else he has left in the tank. It's – it's. I mean, Arizona was a kind of a shitty situation last year. That
0: offensive line was horrible. Yeah. And when he was on the Vikings, that offensive line was pretty bad too. Um, like I was saying with the offensive line in Washington, though, They got Trent Williams, who's the best left tackle in the game, or top two, because you got, what's his name, in Dallas. And then you got Brandon Scherf, who's also very well. He's top five in his position as well. I could see Adrian
2: Peterson running for 1,000 yards again. I think that's that's a hot take, but I don't think it's a bad take, though. As soon
0: as I saw the news that he signed, I was like, yep, signing him to fantasy football, and I signed
2: him right away to my team. I mean, because he's a guy that you know he at one point he was defining all odds as far as you know the acl injury then he comes out and he has argu- arguably guys. the yeah. best season of his life right. ever playing football after that after coming back faster than anybody else has ever come back I from that came injury back in like 6 months exactly or yeah, something like it there. was it, yeah it was something insane like so but then we're also seeing that in with i heard uh dalvin cook is like kind of the same thing like he's yeah, come he's out about to be back and people are saying that he has looked incredible so I don't know maybe it's something in Minnesota as far as the healing process goes I don't know what's going yeah. on up there but I don't know it, probably the elevation man I don't know but <laughs> don't know, but, I don't know. But, but uh yeah I speaking mean speaking
0: of Minnesota though they, I think they have one of the most slept on backfields in the NFL they got um, Dalvin cook like you just said Latavius Murray and they have uh, Oh, McKinnon's gone now. Yeah, San Fran. But that's still a good
2: one-two punch. I mean, especially if Dalvin... Like, Dalvin Cook was a stud. And then, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get to see too much of him due to the injury. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure... Didn't he... He lasted a couple weeks or a week. And he did well in that week. He lasted almost five weeks. And he was like, in every down back, everybody was just putting up numbers the entire time. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked... I think Minnesota is the best team in that division. I mean, and that's coming from a Bears fan. And I, I honestly can't hate the Vikings though. Like, they they are their defense is great. Mm-hmm. I've I really liked their defense. I, I I've always been a Kirk Cousins fan. So I know a lot of people don't like Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback. So Dude, their backup's Trevor Simeon. Broncos yeah. got rid of him. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, Trevor Simeon's there. And, and what kills me is Kirk Cousins is going to have arguably the best weapons that he's had in his career mm-hmm. in yeah. Minnesota with Thielen. Yeah. I mean, Thielen's proven. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. And Rudolph at tight end. I mean, I know... Kwon Treadwell and slot. They uh, also got Kendall Wright. Yeah. If he stays healthy, he is good. I know, like, Rudolph isn't... I'm not going to say that he's a lot better than Jordan Reed. Like, when Jordan Reed played, he was very good. It's just he had a hard time staying on the field. Yeah. So... I don't know. Like I think AP definitely brings a different dynamic to the team, and it brings a good veteran presence because yeah. they are a younger team. Yeah, he's gonna be a him and Alex Smith are gonna they're
0: probably gonna be the leaders of
2: that team. Yeah, uh, besides uh, Trent Williams, I just think that the Redskins really like I don't know something. About, tells me like just the weapons that they have at the receiver position just aren't. Yeah, I, I like Doxson, but I don't know if he's a go-to receiver. And I like Paul Richardson's good. Yeah, he is. But he's, he's decent. They're. I don't know, they don't have that big playmaker on their offense. I guess that's the one thing that they lack. I mean, I think their defense, I love Ryan Kerrigan. I I like him a lot. And I I think Gruden is not a bad coach. I think he's done okay. And for what he's been given Mm -hmm. in Washington, I think that he's held his own again. And that's not a bad division either. I mean, I love what they did on
0: on defense with the the last two drafts. Last year they went out and got Ryan Anderson. I mean, he's not um, starting every down, but he comes in as their third down rush linebacker. Um, they shored up their front f- front seven with Jonathan Allen, and then this year they drafted, uh, Payne. yeah, DeRon Payne. I think they'll be all right. I can see them going eight and eight, nine and seven easily.
2: Which is, I think, is which solid. is basically
0: the same team they were last year, the last three seasons too. So that honestly,
2: though, pr- uh, sadly, probably gets Gruden fired mm-hmm. because they think that, like, I don't know why, but they basically think like they got an upgrade in Alex Smith.
0: Their today. defense is good. Like, I'm looking at it right now. They have Ziggy Hood as their backup defensive end behind Jonathan Allen. And then Deron Payne's n- nose. Their li- middle linebackers are disgusting. Zach Brown. they got stuck. Zach Brown and Mason Foster. Zach Vigil, he's pretty good as a third middle. Ryan Kerrigan, Pernell McPhee, Preston Smith, Ryan Anderson. It's a pretty What's good What's their squad. corners? they got Norman. Can't yeah, forget they got Norman. True. Yeah, yeah. I know they got rid of
2: Breland, so I don't know. Quentin like, Dunbar is their other guy. I mean, he's But they still have DJ Swearinger. Oh yeah. I was pretty surprised when they got rid of Skandrick so fast, Orlando Skandrick, because they signed him and then like yeah. after like not even a month, I think there he was gone. So I think that was a little a little, little interesting because think, he's
0: also thirty three. Thirty three is kinda old for corners. It is. Position.
2: I just thought that he would last longer because I think their their depth isn't as great at that position. Yeah. So I thought that he would've lasted a little longer due to that. But I don't know, I think the Redskins are an intriguing team. Like yeah. so I don't know, like it's gonna be interesting. They still have Jameson Crowder too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Crowder. He's mm-hmm. going to be – He's last year was a down year for him. Yeah, 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 But, I mean, I don't know. Alex Smith, I will say that I think he makes some of the receivers around him better. Vernon Davis is still there, so they could do – Who had a resurgence. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: I mean, maybe their receiver depth isn't that big, but their tight end depth is pretty good. So maybe they do special packages where Davis is like a slot or the other way around
2: with Reed as a slot. I can see a lot of that stuff going down. I just like that, like – as a Bears fan, like, everyone knew going into the offseason that their biggest weakness was, uh-huh. not that they, they have a lot of weaknesses, but their biggest was receiver, yeah. and they addressed it right away. I mean, yeah. now their depth at receiver is, like, they're talking about cutting guys because uh-huh. their their depth is so good. So I guess, like, I mean, I don't know what Washington has as far as, like, rookies or undrafted rookies, because you got to look out for that, too. I mean, we've seen great guys in the last <laughs> 10 years <laughs> Luke just snatched a an uh what is that a gnat out of yeah. the out of the sky, um. So I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm excited for football season. I cannot wait for it to I come back. Too. Like it, we're we're approaching the best time of the year when you have the MLB playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And the NFL, so yeah. it's like everything yeah. is gonna, gonna be, be gonna be good. So that's all we really had for the NFL. We have some questions later on that we'll answer as far yep. as the NFL is concerned. But we're gonna go on to uh, some MLB talk because a lot of stuff's actually happening in the MLB. Especially even, today. Even today. Today was yeah. a big day. Yeah, so uh, we'll just start out with um, – what do you want to start out with? Uh, you want to start off with the trades today? Yeah, we could start out with that. All right, sounds good. So first things first, Daniel Murphy. I thought that was – it seems well, to me that the Nationals are just they packing were packing it in. it in
0: over the weekend. They put Daniel Murphy, Matt Adams, and Bryce Harper on the
2: trade waivers. Which I think a lot of teams do that. Because yeah, because most want, the time they, just they don't. They go, yeah, yeah, most of the time they go unclaimed. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. If you remember back in
0: like I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when the Sox finally got rid of Manny, or they were forced to. The that Dodgers, was a, right? Yeah, that was a waiver deadline trade they they put him out there just to just see what he would what they would get and it ended up being a three-way trade and they got Jason Bay who had probably one of the the best two seasons ever for a Red Sox while he was there yeah anything is- can happen in august that's why like there's still five, 10 more days left yeah. so maybe Bryce Harper goes back
2: on the waivers and they get overwhelmed to trade him i don't know like you brought up a good point today cuz we were talking about it at work and like i think the main reason they haven't traded harper is because they want to get that be able to extend a qualifying offer yeah. and get a first round pick cuz that would technically give them two because i'm pretty yeah. sure you get your draft slot mm-hmm. and then you get the compensation pick for whatever Yeah, i
0: understand that outlook. But but, but like you said But before. like i said, yeah, wouldn't you rather for a general manager Rizzo He's, like, on his last leg there. He had to make a move if he was not going to make the playoffs this year because, A, they were looked at as probably the best team in the National League again this year for the third year in a row. They failed the last two years to get out of the ALDS. They've yet to make it to an ALCS. Um, They're they're winning 96 games two years in a row. Then they fired Dusty Baker. They bring in this guy. What's his name? Soto or something? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Martinez. He has no control over that clubhouse. There are there was plenty of reports that said that coming out and saying that um, you got Bryce Harper on an expiring deal. You're below 500, and it's almost the beginning of September, you know. And they're I think they're nine and ten in, in August, like their last 19 games. They're nine and ten, and I think now is the time to trade them because they missed. I think they missed it big time at the the first trade deadline. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, they missed it big time. So them trading, not only Matt Adams, but they also traded Daniel Murphy. That's shedding salary. That's freeing up spots to see what young guys can do. Don't be surprised if Victor Robles comes up.
2: I think it's time. I mean, yeah, they've been talking about Victor Robles forever yeah. now, so it's like eventually it's got to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: but trading Harper would have been the perfect like move to like create space for him. Plus, they would have gotten like, he's hot right now. He's trying to carry that team, but the pitching's just letting him down. Like the bullpen, Kelvin Herrera just went down with another injury. Doolittle's not back yet, I don't think. Um, now is the perfect time, if any, after the trade deadline. They probably would have got like two top fifty prospects easy. Oh, he's yeah. on fire right now, but dude. but the
2: thing is, like now they're gonna get so much less because yeah. of yeah. waiting, like you said. Like that's, but that's that's Rizzo for you. Like uh-huh. he is. I think he's not that he's done a horrible job, but he's really like he did a good job getting the Nationals to where they're at. He did he a ha- great job building that team. It's just that
0: they cracked under pressure every single year, and the team failed him. At, at some point, you got to point finger like point fingers at the players because the manager can only, in front office can only do so much. You know, like people say in for NFL, coaches can only call the plays; they can't go out there and perform for you. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with baseball.
2: You, that, the managers and hitting coaches can't go out there and perform for the players. I can't say I disagree with du- Fire and Dusty Baker though because he's underachieved as far as like having a good team and everything around him. He's underachieved so many times in his career. In the I playoffs, think, yeah, yes, I get. That. I think that his leash was short due to that track record. I mean, yeah. not that I think he's a bad manager. Mm-hmm. I just think that you know it's kind of like A Rod had that. That thing about him that he was a great regular season player wasn't... I know it's different because he's a player versus a manager, but I'm just saying as far as, you know, he was a great player and then he got to the playoffs and he sucked. and like.
0: I I think if Dusty was the manager still, I think they would be in a way better spot. And I think this probably would have been the year because they stacked up that bullpen amazingly and he knows how to work a bullpen, Dusty Baker,
2: just for some reason in the playoffs he has brain farts and make dumb, makes dumb calls. But like you said as well, I think it's also players failing mm-hmm. him rather than him. I just think that he's had some yeah. bad luck as far as yeah. having great teams and then they just they implode in the playoffs. I mean I don't again I don't think that's totally on him. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I can't. just think
0: when he was the manager of the Reds, he was running into the Arizona Cardinals or Arizona Cardinals. That's football, I'm sorry. St. Louis Cardinals every single year.
2: Yeah. Know? I mean that yeah, that's another thing you gotta look at. I mean the guys, you know, you're going to run into tough teams. And at the Mm -hmm. time, back when he did coach for the Reds, I mean, the Cardinals was stacked and the Cardinals were arguably the best team in baseball those years. I mean, so it's definitely, definitely interesting. I I definitely agree that I hate that the managers get most of the, the, the shit thrown on their shoulders. Like, I mean, I I know for me as a Yankee fan, I bash the hell out of Boone, but I do it because Boone has cost them games. Yeah, Yeah, Like, it's not like, I mean, I will say players are underperforming as well, but there's been games where he single-handedly like lost them the game. Also, I just don't see him motivating players. I feel he he looks like
0: somebody stole his puppy out there. He just, he's not there. He's not pumping his guys up. If they're on a snide, like losing multiple games in a row, he he looks clueless. But um, But it's
2: also funny because they brought him in to be good with the media, yeah. And as they started to suck, he has gotten like worse. The cold shoulder <laughs> yeah. to all media. Yeah. So it's. I don't know. That's it's a it's a weird thing, but you know it is what it is. Yeah. So I also I'm kind of upset. Like if I think about it, I was thinking about those trades as far as you know the Daniel Murphy, and I didn't want Murphy because I don't want the Yankees to take on that contract. Mm-hmm. But I would not have mind to get Matt Adams.
0: Yeah, he he could play first base. He could play left field. He That's can, I mean he I don't think he's spell
2: your right fielder. Or he can he can also go into the DH role. I know yeah, once Danny yeah. gets healthy. So I thought the Yankees would have tried to pull, especially with how shitty Greg Bird's been. I thought that they would have tried to pull a trigger and get. I think even like I want to because I know they put Reynolds on a. Uh, he on, was on waivers too. Yeah, I would have taken Reynolds again. He could, he could play a mean third base as well, and he could play good first. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna drop nukes. Like yeah. I mean, he's not exactly Especially guy that, in Yankee Stadium, who pulled the ball. He was a, well. He was with Yankee once. Yeah, I mean, I would not have minded that either. Like I'm not even saying go out and get a, a big time, big time player. Make a move that's gonna better your team. Depth-wise. yeah death neil, wise. i don't think i know neil walker's been seeing more playing time and that's due to injuries but i don't think he's the answer for that well he's he's done better he has been hitting better yeah. but like yeah. if you make a trade for a guy like like reynolds or or matt adams you can get rid of Cl- clinton Ro- or uh robinson oh god shane robinson shane robinson he's yeah. yeah like why like he is horrible he's hitting like 150
0: mm-hmm. i
2: mean they need to just get rid of the guy like i, I i'm not not I mean the guy's in the bigs, like he obviously is a good player to some extent, but he's not major league ready. He's not yeah. Yankee Stadium material. He's not he's not a major league baseball player. He's a like Robinson? He, he could be like a You said he's not Major League ready, he's like thirty three years no, old. No, I'm saying like he's not a major league oh, player. Yeah, no, like, he's a he's so a lifetime minor leaguer. Like, yeah, that's I, I what agree. his career is. So that's his to me that's his ceiling. Like, you know what I can't understand
0: is how the Chicago I don't like moving on to the Murphy trade. How do the Cubs continue to afford these giant oh, contracts? I don't know. I asked if that, that works yeah. today. This like, team is stacked. You man. got and like Darvish. somehow they're not. He's out for the season now. We'll get into that. But Murphy's got. At least, I think I'm pretty sure he's got over thirty million to fifty million dollars left on. His I think contract. he still has like
2: three years. I think yeah. he signed like a five year deal, and that was only his second year in Washington.
0: But the big contracts they have on that team—they got Rizzo, they got Lester, they got now Daniel Murphy, they got uh, Darvish. Darvish, he who's he's getting. I think 170
2: something million, and then Jason Hayward. You know they, they got... paid like a lot of money just to play defense.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and right field, not even center. field. All five of those guys have come near, or they are over 100 million dollars for a salary. I I don't understand how they haven't surpassed and can't the luxury tax yet. Yeah. Can't
2: forget Quintana. Yeah, I mean he's not a huge contract, but, but he's at least I think, I think he... he was a 50. Like if he had a he had I a friendlier he's... contract. I think
0: his annual salary is six and a half to seven point
2: one something like that. But But those those contracts that don't seem like a lot are kind of a lot when you have five other contracts that are a lot. Like, I don't know. It's definitely – I don't understand it. It's like to me it reminds me like the Dodgers were kind of that way for Mm -hmm. a little bit there too. So I don't know. It's – doesn't make sense to me. Me neither. Yeah. And, but,
0: and they're still trading like top prospects. Like somehow they still have top prospects, even though they traded Eloy
2: Jimenez. Even though they traded, well, um, they sucked for a hundred years. Yeah, I mean that does make you sense. You do yeah. stockpile flares yeah. after a hundred years of not winning a World Series, yeah. and a couple of years of those were like historically some of the worst baseball teams, probably in Major League history. And a lot
0: of their team now is actually homegrown players. You got no, yeah. Albert Almora. You got Ian Happ. You got Kyle Schwarber. Um, Contreras Baez basically half their team and half their starters are like homegrown players also another big
2: contract Ben Zobris we forgot oh, yeah. too. which he's I think he's about to be done but
0: he's hitting 306 right now
2: no he's hes a guy that's, yeah. he's a great player as far as like he'll play you anywhere basically mm-hmm. and he's gonna hit you for average yeah. so I like Zobris but I don't know Like it's a hard like I can't hate the Cubs though I, I don't know what it is but I like the fact that they're homegrown they're lovable I like losers, man. yeah I, I like I like Madden so, but I think that this is a team that we, I could also see them after winning that World Series going into like a major hangover for a couple of years and yeah. and then like that's a team that cannot spoil the fact that they have three quarters of their team locked mm-hmm. up for another like four years. Yeah, they're, they're, I, they're definitely going to be
0: the perennial like winners. They're going to be up there for World Series contenders, but this is also uh, a good segment or a segue into you, Darvish. I know we just spoke about his case contract, but despite the heat that he constantly gets about his playoff performance, I blame it on purely on inexperience in the playoffs, his performance in the playoffs. I think he's a phenomenal pitcher when he's healthy, but he just, for for the life of him, he just can't seem to ever like be healthy for a whole season ever. And that would have swayed me to not give him that
2: money. Yeah, as crazy I, I, as it is. As it yeah. is but the, the, the Cubs don't strike me as a team that, needed him that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they lost Arietta,
0: but they should have just signed Arietta. They're the same age. I think Darvish is 1 year younger. And they should have just signed Arietta to that amount of money because that's what he was asking for
2: anyway. Well, and the thing is with with Arietta like Okay. And he's going out there for the Phillies this year and shoving. shoving. But, like, his numbers were showing that they were declining. But the only reason Darvish's weren't declining was because he wasn't playing. Yeah, he wasn't like, playing. So it's hard to – you can't compare the two. Like, to me, I would have taken Arietta with the fact that he plays and he's going to go out there every five days and And pitch. he's going to pitch you nine innings. He's going to spell your bullpen.
0: Yeah. Him and John Lester are, like, two of the only remaining maybe seven, eight pitchers that will get you complete games.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, that yeah, the complete game is like a lost art form. Like yeah. once you hit hundred pitches, you're out. Which I that that drives me. And nuts. Darvish
0: only like I think I've only me personally I've only seen him pitch into the ninth inning maybe twice in his entire career here in the United States. So I would have definitely taken Arietta over him. Um, as much as I, I we we talk cr- garbage on Michael K, I was listening to him earlier today on the way home, and he mentioned this. He mentioned Darvish coming up. He mentioned him always being injured. He mentioned him having playoff woes. He he said basically that the Cubs made a big mistake letting it, like signing him on for that much money over that amount of time. I think it was 7 years and they missed the bullet by not bringing Arietta back.
2: Or or they could have they could have not signed either one. Yeah. They probably still would have made the playoffs. And if they don't go to the World Series this year, guess what? This year's free agency has a boatload of a freaking talent on and it, and somehow the Chicago Cubs never surpassed the luxury tax, so they could have just max offered somebody anyway. Yeah, like Chris Sale, <laughs> they could have went oh, out and just. He he's not leaving Boston. Well, not we don't we don't know for sure yet. Yeah. No, so I don't scared. I I truthfully don't see him leaving Boston though. I th- I think that he's comfortable there. So, um, how about the Oakland A's, man? Oh, these guys are on fire. Yeah, that's it's hard not to root for the A's. It really is. Like if the Yankees get bounced. The A's are my team. I want them to yeah. go all the way. I love them. I. They are another talking team. About Chris Davis for like the last five seasons, man. Dude, he's I one, love he, Chris Davis. He's got to be one of your favorite players. Yeah, the way yeah. you talk about him, I love Chris Davis. He's so underrated. He's not going to hit you a good average. Like there's, he's going to strike out a yeah. lot. He's going to hit like 240, but the guy's going to hit 35 homers at least a year. And and the last two seasons, I think he's been in the 40s, and he's been close to the top uh, amount of homers in the league like- Chris Davis is the definition of consistency I l- took a, a long look at his numbers today
0: for the first time and in the last three seasons including this year he his batting average has been or last four seasons sorry his batting average has been 247 247 247 and this year 261 so he's getting better he's also hit 42 home runs 43 home runs and this year he's a
2: above 35 home runs again at 37 and we're not even in september yet. he has the most home runs uh i saw the stat the other day i think he has the most home runs since the start of 2015 yeah and he's never mentioned because you always hear stanton you always hear bryce harper
0: bryce harper doesn't even hit that many home runs man there's been a couple seasons where bryce has only hit
2: 25 you know well and the thing with chris davis is he's just that's what kills me about the a's which kind of like upsets me in a way is that they're just in such a shitty market Like MLB not only like MLB already has a hard time marketing its players Mm -hmm. but being like on the west coast like baseball is just not unless you're the Dodgers like even the angels don't get any burn like it's literally the Dodgers that's it. They got three teams in California Mm -hmm. and you only ever hear about the Dodgers you only ever see the Dodgers on TV. The only time I ever got to see Oakland play was when they're on the, the MLB like matinee game all yeah. the time because the MLB network shows the A's more love than I think any other network out there like, I think the A's I, they're they're a classic
0: team you know everybody knows who the athletic are if you're a true baseball fan yeah you know they started in Philadelphia you know they went to Kansas City and now they're in Oakland and they've been there for a long time and you and think they, Ricky Henderson you, yeah, you, yeah, you think
2: th- Raleigh Fingers. exactly like, you Mark McGuire. you say Seiko
0: the Bash Brothers of course but I think it's time that they move. I think they should follow the Raiders and go to Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, if they move to Las Vegas, I guarantee you they will have Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant on their team in the future.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I, I would, I can't say no to that. And they just, like, Oakland won their stadium. Like, it's a shithole, anyways. They, yeah, so O.co so. <laughs> or Overstock, whatever it's called, it's terrible. So, yeah, I, 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 lo- it sucks because, I mean, like, Oakland, like, I love their, I love their uniforms. Probably mm-hmm. my favorite uniforms in baseball. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really like their new green jerseys. It's like lime green. Mm hmm. That's nice. Yeah, so like I love I love the athletics. It's but it kills me because this is a team that they are the best team in baseball since the All Star break. They're tied. Oh, okay. All right, the they're tied. But they also have less uh, less salary cap and yeah. salary or cap they're a space. Good team. And they're a team. Like they are, they play well together. Yes, yeah. they are. They are, and, a and great, it's never just one team. guy. I mean, they, they are
0: being carried by one guy, and that's Chris Davis right now. There was a stretch for like a week straight that he was walking them off in the ninth inning for, I think it was like four games in a row.
2: Yeah, and well, Matt Olsen also has come into mm-hmm. his own hitting well. He's another guy that I think he's going to be a guy, maybe he hits 230, yeah. but 40 homers. Like, that guy is a massive dude, and he's strong. I mean, but again, that's
0: another thing. Like Marcus o- Simeon's having a good year. I mean, he's terrible defensively. He leads oh, league in errors again. Every year. <laughs> again.
2: But I, Matt Chapman picks him up over there. Oh, Matt Chapman! He's disgusting. He on might be the best third baseman in baseball. Arenado already said he was. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. Um, also, like to think about Chris Davis doing this. Look at the ballpark he plays in. Yeah, it's not it's a hitter's not, ballpark. No, this guy drops. But I watched him hit a home run last night.
0: He goes oppo over that big yeah. ass uh, yeah. that big ass wall. He in right hit this center. one in left center and it it was over the second deck that's always like the concrete? vacated
2: yeah. yeah he hit it over that it was crazy that's what like that's one of the few ballparks that mm-hmm. hasn't been renovated to like make it Super short, like we Mm -hmm. we saw when City Field was built. They they moved everything in and like because guys were complaining. Really
0: fall, yeah, yeah, and fall.
2: Well, and they had the big wall, yeah, and then they moved it in. Everyone was complaining, so they moved it in. Well, Oakland isn't making any any uh, any uh, renovations now. They're just they're just that's why I think it's time to go. I think they should just. Could you imagine Chris Davis in Boston or New York, where the the field is how small? Like I'm a Yankee fan, but I'm going to be the first one to tell you that. If you're at Yankee Stadium and you're Chris Davis, you're hitting 50 if Chris, homers. If Chris <laughs> Davis
0: is hitting 43 bombs in Oakland, he's hitting 60. I wonder, I wonder what his
2: road-to-home splits are. Can I'm you look me, that up? Yeah, I have his profile up right now. Um, Does it break it up for, on baseball reference? No, nah, you got to go on MLB.com.
0: But I was also just looking at the, the home run stats like for the season, like the league leaders. And the American League has three, four of the top five and stands tied for fifth. Matt Carpenter is the
2: only National League player that's in the top five, 34. Which kills me. Like, yeah. Matt Carpenter, just breakout year. Yeah. Not that he was bad. Breakout like, month. He was terrible all year until, like, the end of June and July. Well, like, when he first came up, like, he was really good. Versatile player, yeah. hit for a good average, and then he kind of fell off, and now he kind of, like, back up again. Oh, Justin Upton, the DL. Yeah, dude, he, Justin Upton's a guy that he kind of –
0: he he's consistent, me. though. He's, he hits 250. He hits you 30 bombs. He's the same guy every year, 80 RBI. I just thought he
2: was going to develop better.
0: Like, he's I thought... still young, though. That's the thing. I think he's only 28, 29 years old. That's crazy to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, he came up young. Yeah. So,
0: But I'm looking at these home run stats. J.D. Martinez got 38, leads the league. Davis got 37. He's right behind him. And then Jose Ramirez hits 37. Do you, hit, do you think all three of those guys hit 50 at least? Mm. It's, not, I even, could it's see, not the end of August,
2: and we still have the entire month of September left. J.D. Martinez definitely will. Chris Davis definitely will. I could see Jose Ramirez kind of faulting I think his average will stay, but I could see his power numbers starting to, to go down a little bit. Yeah. I could see Stanton climbing up that list faster as well. Like, yeah, I, he, he's he's heating up right now. Yeah. He's struggled a little bit, and he's starting to find it now. Especially since Judge has gone out, he's really put the team basically on his back. And just yeah, they just him.
0: showed his stats on the screen since Aaron Judge's injury. He's got th- he's hitting 300. He's got nine R- uh, nine home runs and I think thirty something RBIs. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's been he's been doing pretty well. So I definitely think think he'll climb up, and I could definitely see uh, Ramirez. Sliding down, which I don't want to happen though. I love Jose Ramirez. They got a tough schedule coming up. They're playing the Red Sox.
0: Yeah, they're playing the Red Sox right now, and then as time goes, I believe they play the Yankees. They play the Astros. Well, and then that Bauer
2: injury too. Yeah, that was a big hit to them. But apparently, they said he might not be out for the year. Like it could only be four to six weeks, Mm -hmm. which I thought because it was a leg fracture. Yeah. So that that kind of surprised me. I mean, we'll see. I could see them not rushing him back because they've basically run away with that division. All right. So I got Chris Davis's home and away splits uh they're basically
0: identical man he's got 18 home runs at home 19 away rbis are 46 home 53 away and his average is actually lower away his average is 276 at the Coliseum and he's 248 on the road
2: i was just m- really more curious about the home runs to they're see identical. If he was they' basically yeah. The same see if area. he was hitting more on the road but that's how you know a dude is. I mean, if you can go out and you can. That he's hit, an absolute power hitter. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna. I mean, because like like we said, like that field is not small. Mm-mm. Even like uh, as we're watching the Yankee game, like the new Marlins Stadium is not very big or small either. No, that thing's huge. It's a big field too. So, going on to the next topic, Jacob Degrom again. Yeah, we're gonna bring we're up gonna bring Brom him up because this
0: guy is special. He's having an incredible season despite the Mets doing what
2: they do best and losing. He is definitely my Cy Young pick for the National League. I, at this point, I he has to. There's no reason why he doesn't win the Cy Young.
0: Yeah, and I really think I I understand that like winning teams should probably get a look, blah blah blah. Max Scherzer, maybe they get into the playoffs if they get in the hot streak. But
2: who else, other than Degrom, is just blowing people away this year? Well, I think the only person that was next to him was Scherzer. But to me, like Degrom's ERA. Like, 171 to me, if, if you have two guys that are, like, almost identical numbers as far as, like, ERA, strikeouts, all that, yeah. then you take maybe take the guy the guy that has the better team. Mm-hmm. But, like, the stats as far as... Now, we're, we're not talking win-loss record, but the stats as far as, like, ERA, strikeouts... Whip, all that. Like, DeGrom is... To me, like, ERA is everything. If you're a starter, you're going out there every five days, and then you are just... Your ERA is is in the one what one and a half, mm-hmm. like that's that's incredible. Like there's no reason that shouldn't be recognized, and that he shouldn't win the Cy Young. I think that also everyone's outcry talking about how he, how much he deserves to win the Cy Young is going to earn him votes, which yeah. rightfully it should because the guy is a horse. Like he is. He, he only plays a every
0: five days, and he's carrying the Mets. Yeah, that's I, pathetic as a team. If you're Eight, I understand he's an ace, but he only pitches every five days, yeah. and he's out there winning. He, I think he's won three games in a row. Because last time we spoke about him, he was five and seven. Now he's eight and seven. Maybe he'll get lucky and get twenty games, win twenty games. <laughs> yeah, he'd have to win twelve more, man. That'd be yeah. nuts. But I'm, I'm looking at, I'm comparing Degrom and Scherzer right now, and honestly, there's really no big difference other than just wins. What's what's the ERA difference? Uh, Scherzer is two eleven. And DeGrom is 171.
2: Yeah, that's a, so much lower. Yeah. Like, so yeah. much lower. And how many starts? Do they have the same amount of starts? Uh, Yeah, or just
0: about. I mean, DeGrom missed some time. Remember, yeah, he, a, he missed like about a week or two. So he missed two starts. But yeah, two starts. Isn't that's it? nothing, you know. That's hey, the one thing I'll he's say. He's got less walks. I mean, he doesn't have as many K's, but he has just as many innings pitched.
2: I think he, he should get it. That's the one. the the one thing I'll say about Scherzer, though, I don't even remember him ever being on the DL. Yeah, he's always he's always playing. That guy is a horse. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I think it's I gotta take Degrom. I mean, I won't be upset if either one wins it because I love Degrom and I love Scherzer, but I just think that a guy if he maintains a one seven ERA or or goes lower. There's no reason why he
0: doesn't This goes win. back to us talking last time when Fila Hernandez won the Cy Young Award, where he only had thirteen wins. Yeah. And his what was his ERA? Two twenty-seven.
2: He didn't yeah. even make the All Star team that year and he won the Cy Young Award. I mean I don't know like who he was going up against that year, but there's always gonna be two or three guys in that in that hunt or in that race for the Cy Young in yeah. both leagues and to me, like, DeGrom just sticks out. I mean, there's absolutely zero reason why he does not win that award. It he would beat kill David
0: me. Price out that year. And David Price was 19-6 and six with a
2: 2.72 ERA. So they finally recognized a guy that had a yeah. lower ERA. Mm-hmm. Which, he had way more strikeouts as well. He had 232 and way more innings pitched. And I know this isn't a good way to think, but, like, think about DeGrom on a playoff caliber team. If that, what That's his, why I said, if what what his he got traded to the
0: Yankees... He's a shoe in to win the AL Cy Young. I it would be guaranteed. It would already be wrapped up at this point. I guarantee you if he played for the Yankees, like
2: he would have at least 12 wins. He'd have four more wins than what he has now. Yeah, so like that's what I'm saying. If he's on a playoff team, he's probably almost at 20 wins already. Mm-hmm. I mean, like so I mean it's hard to assume, you can't assume, but if he's pitching this well with a shitty team, yeah. you would have to assume that with a good team that's going to give him run support when he's not pitching a one nothing game yeah. that he's going to be more relaxed and probably throw better for that's me, just a baseball for
0: me what i'm looking for if i'm voting for the cy young I I, I I think the writers shouldn't have a vote because it's so biased whether this guy gave him an interview or not but anyway i think it should be innings pitched it should be uh, era and it should be um, Whip. I don't. It shouldn't be FIP. I don't even know what that is. Throw or, that shit into a computer yeah, and make or, it let yeah. it decide. Or ERA plus whatever. But it, just going off a of dominance factor. If you're going out there and you're looking at these stats, more consistent domination is from Degrom instead of Scherzer.
2: Yeah, and Scherzer has a way better team around him. Maybe yeah. they, they're not as they're not playing as well, but he still has one of the best players in baseball with with Harper there, and he had Daniel Murphy, and he had you know. Mark, Mark Reynolds is having a pretty solid year. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. Like, <laughs> so is Matt
0: Adams. They were splitting yeah. time at first base, and they both have like 18 home runs.
2: Yeah, So and, and Reynolds was a late pickup. Yeah, like, he was. Late pickup. I think May so, they picked him up. It might have been after that. So, I mean, uh, definitely Jacob deGrom, Cy Young Award. He's winning it. Yeah, I think
0: it's locked up. I, I think if he has like two more good games, which he probably will,
2: it's done. All right, moving on from baseball, we have our last topic of the day as far as sports. Then we're going to go on to fan questions. We have the UFC. So only really big news that we have is Yoel Romero pulling out of the fight against Paulo Costa. Mm-hmm. I was I was excited for this fight because two dudes that look like they're sculpted like chiseled from stone. Man. Yeah, like something like unreal. They both probably on roids, but no, neither of them has been popped yet. so yeah, That's okay. There's still ways around <laughs> it. Uh, there's no way that Yoel Romero is like 40-something years old and looks like that. And Paulo Costa, yeah. what was he fighting at? He looked like he was like 230 pounds, like a linebacker in that fight. Fought, They fight at 185, and they both look like they could fight heavyweight. It's crazy. Yeah, so unfortunately that fight got canceled uh, because Yoel Romero had orbital – Yeah, he had facial – I don't know if it was reconstructure surgery, but uh, he had – Some sort of facial. Yeah,
0: he broke his orbital, and um, he had surgery today on it, actually, and he had to pull out of the fight because it wasn't going to be healed up in time.
2: Does it say whether there's going to be a replacement, or is the fight just canceled altogether? Uh,
0: That's still open. Because
2: Israel Adesanya –
0: Yeah, he's been calling him out for a while, and Antonio Carlos Jr., not a lot of people know who he is. He was on The Ultimate Fighter a couple years back. He said that he would – Sign up for the fight,
2: so we'll see what the UFC goes. I think Adesanya would be interesting because he's a taller, lankier guy. Mm-hmm. He he kind of reminds me of like uh, he's like John like, Jones. Yeah, he's like a John Jones with I think kind of like an Anderson Silva twist to him. Yeah. Like he's kind of does a little bit of everything. He is definitely not a ground fighter. Like no. he's a kickboxer. So I think I mean, and I don't know how much stronger Paulo Costa is than him, but I don't know. It would I think that'd be a good fight. Yeah. So. Unfortunately that fight is cancelled. UFC, I mean, I think they just they just went two weeks off of uh like they didn't have any UFC yeah. anything for two weekends and now we have a fight night coming up soon, but it's nothing real, real big coming. And we up. got
0: uh, the fight night in Beijing. We got Francis Ngannou versus Curtis Blades. I know we talked about Curtis Blades possibly fighting Stipe, but uh, it looks like they found him a belt.
2: If he beats Francis, he'll be in line for the belt.
0: I would I would agree. But at this point, is Francis Ngannou really like? Uh,
2: what do you think? A, a if he, yard mark, you know. If he loses this fight to Curtis Blades, what happens to Francis Ngannou?
0: I don't think he gets cut, but I think like the hype definitely got to his head. He he's a mental midget. It, you saw in his last fight against Derrick Lewis, and he just he threw six punches all fight basically. He was so like scared, like he was, he scared, was scared to get. He was owned.
2: stiff. He was. And Francis Ngannou is a guy who's so strong. Yeah. Like, he has to understand, like, one punch, he can do what he did to Overeem. And he just toes are still <laughs> He just doesn't get that. I think he, he was just so mind-blown at the fact that Stipe, like... The Figured thing, him out. That was it. Well, the thing is, though, like, Ngannou killed Stipe in the first couple of minutes with punches. And, like, mm-hmm. Stipe was just... Unfortunately, he wasn't able to do that against Cormier, but he was able to withstand that that... There was that flurry of punches, and Ooh. then.
0: Well, you know what? We brought up. I don't mean to cut you off, but we brought up Israel Adesanya. He's fighting. He's fighting Bronson. Oh, I thought it was
2: Uriah Hall. Derek Bronson. Oh, he's Brunson, fighting Derrick Bronson. Yeah.
0: yeah. They, oh, they
2: just scheduled it. Yeah. They did. November 3rd. That. They
0: also scheduled Weidman versus Rockhold, too. I thought Weidman would have been retired. I think if Weidman loses this fight, he's going to retire. I he's, think, he's been on the yeah. down. If Rockhold loses this fight, he he's, might he, retire, too. He's moving up to 205. He's been flirting with that idea. Uh, he's been just going back and forth with Gustafson online on Twitter, just jabbing at each other. I think that November 3rd card is going to be really good.
3: You
0: yeah. Get, yeah, you got Rockhold versus uh, Weidman. You got Derek Brunson versus Adesanya. And I'm pretty
2: sure that's the the card that Poirier's fighting Nate Diaz at. Oh, well, the UFC tends to put out better cards in the winter. Mm-hmm. There's always that one really, really good card in yeah. the summer. Like, we had it already. It was mm-hmm. in July. And then they have, in the wintertime, it's like almost every pay per view is stacked. Yeah. So I don't know if they like do that on purpose because Saturday there's no football really unless you're watching college. Mm-hmm. And by Saturday night, college football is over. Yeah, that November 3rd card is the one with Poirier Diaz.
0: That's going to be a nasty card. Looks like we're going to see it. Yeah, we. I got to look up the rest of this card. That, that's amazing. Is it? The UFC website, though, is so late sometimes yeah, posting that's shit. That's why I just go to ESPN. They're more updated. Let's see. Uh... Ooh, Kamaru Usman.
2: That guy's—he's he, on fire. That guy. I don't know. I think the UFC. I mean, oh, and this weekend's Gaethje and Vic, and I love Gaethje, but that guy is something else. And then we have Woodley Till coming up, September eighth. Ducey, if you're listening, I can give you some betting advice <laughs> in the UFC. <laughs> we already, we already talked about. How, Speaking of Ducey, uh,
0: he'll be one of our segments later on in the show. He's going to be. Uh, what are we naming this
2: segment? We Doubling down with Ducey or are we leaving it that up to the fans? Well, we're thinking about doubling down with Ducey, mm-hmm. but in the segment, which we already recorded, we think that. Well, well I said that the fans, if you guys want to tweet at us some names for it, we'll consider them and we'll run it by Ducey. And if Ducey doesn't like it and we like it, we'll do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have Ducey coming on soon. We also have our first ever interview as well. So. Stay tuned for that. To wrap
0: up MMA talk, like we were mentioning, that November third card is stacked. There, I just saw another fight. It's Jacare Souza versus David Branch. It's basically a whole, an entire like card of middleweights. It's all title eliminators. It's going to be awesome.
2: All right. Well, we're going to have to go see that. Well, maybe we'll throw some some betting odds down. Maybe we'll have T-shirts by then. Who maybe, knows? Yeah. And
0: maybe if you come see us at Buffalo Wild Wings, come join us. We'll set something up. Maybe give you a
2: T-shirt. Yeah, I'd be down for that. That'd Maybe you guys cool. can
0: buy us some beers. Who
2: knows? Hey, and if we go, if we do end up going to the Giants Bears game, we could always tell people. You know, if you're, f- too, yeah. if you're a fan, meet us there. We'll tell them what section. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, That'd be pretty neat. All right, so we have fan questions. So fan questions. We
0: got a lot more this week from different people. We really appreciate it, guys. Keep them coming. We're gonna take. We're
2: gonna answer all the questions right now. This might be a longer episode. It doesn't matter. Stay tuned. It's it's gonna be longer because of the interviews. So Luke and I really haven't recorded that much, but no. there's been a lot of interviews. So we're gonna answer all the questions. So do you wanna just start out with we'll start out with Sharanko. So first off, before we start with Sharanko, go shout out. Yeah, shout out and go follow Sharanko28 on Twitch. Uh-huh. Follow like, follow his page. You can add him on Twitter At as Shranco well. Sharanko44. Yeah, Sharanko44. Twitch, Sharanko28. You're gonna get someone. Uh, first off, you might hear us in there because we'll I, be I know I know I join his parties quite a bit on on PlayStation. But uh, also he's he's a good he's good at most video games he's really big into Madden Ultimate Team and also Battlefield's coming out soon which is his specialty. I don't know how good he could be at Ultimate Team though because we both racked him in Madden. So <laughs> he he does say he's not that good at Madden but he is a really he is a really good Battlefield player. So he uh, if you like if you enjoy video games and you enjoy that stuff and maybe you want to hear us in there uh, follow him. He's a it's a good time. He's another dad. His his slogan is funny. He's, He's uh, it's considered he calls himself like Dad Bod," and he's got uh, I forget what the, the slogan is. You'd have to check it out on his, Twitter, on his uh, twitch page, but go go follow him. All right, his first question. What is his first question? Oh, here we go. His first
0: question is, this goes into MLB talk. So his first question is I'll let you answer this one. Are two-way guys going to be more of a common thing in
2: baseball now? because of guys like Otani uh, no I don't think they're going to be common I think that we already see with Otani he's hurt I mean he was kind of hurt going into the season that they kind of already knew about it but yeah, I don't think he's pitched this what may yeah he hasn't pitched in a while and it's not like he wasn't doing a good job I mean he was being, he was great mm-hmm. but I just think that there's too much injury risk in doing both because even though he's DHing, his body's still not getting that rest that these players are accustomed to mm-hmm. and so he's he's basically going to play a 160 games 150 games like so no sorry I, I said that right. he's gonna do like what probably 120 130 yeah. games which is a lot for a pitcher Mm-hmm. Like to, to pitch and then even though he's not playing the field he's still swinging he's still you know using muscles and it's not that I don't disagree with it like I think it's awesome I would love to see more of it well you saw DeGrom he hyperextended that was this year well, well, Tanaka, yeah. Tanaka, he Tanaka hyper extended pork, his
0: elbow on a swing
2: yeah and Tanaka pulled both hamstrings like it's just something
0: that like, Chen Ming Wong, his entire career was, like, finished because he broke his foot in Minute made.
2: Yeah, well, I like, like, we are, and it goes back to the DH talk. Like, I love not having a DH, but again, if a pitcher's hitting, it's once every five days. He's yeah. not hitting three, four days out of the week. So, like, Otani, what they did is they started him. He would get a day rest after the start, then he'd hit for, like, Two days or and whatever, the and one before his pitch. To yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still to me like it's just not enough for them. I mean, I think again, I think it's awesome, mm-hmm. but I just think when you invest so much money into a guy, it's gonna be like they're gonna be more hesitant to do that. So and, yeah. and, and as the contracts go up, I think it's just gonna lessen the, the what they do. Like you said, they're gonna. I think the DH will be installed in both leagues. I think at this soon. point it needs to.
0: That way they can have the possible role of the two way guy. Yeah, because like you said, Madison Bumgarner. Maybe they want to <laughs> plug him in as an everyday DH. Who knows? And but if then, that's the case, I think that they should get paid double those types of players. You know, they should get paid as a pitcher and as a hitter,
2: like two separate contracts. Not almost. two separate contracts. No.
0: I'm just saying, like they,
2: their value should be up more, and it should be cherished more. So they should get more money. Yeah, I don't I think it's interesting. Like I love like I'm not going to lie, like when I saw Otani was hitting, mm-hmm. like I I would tune into way more Angels star. games this year just to see Otani hit and then to see him pitch because he was good at both. Let me ask you a question. So if Otani stays
0: consistent with this two-way stuff and he becomes like an absolute star hitting and pitching, are you going to who would you rather pay the 300 million dollars to? Otani or Stanton who is now in everyday DH? Mm. See, but Stan's not an everyday DH. I mean, he's still... he's. I think Stan plays a good right field. I do, too. I think I think they should have transitioned him into left field, and he should have just been the everyday left fielder. But, like, a majority of his playing time is at, served at DH. I'm going to take a guy like Stanton, because I think,
2: like, DeGrom is putting the team on, on his back as a yeah. pitcher, but he's not... He's still... They're not winning games. Like, he can yeah. go out and throw a 1-0... To me, like, a guy that, like, Stanton... Stanton has carried, literally carried him and Andujar have carried the Yankees to wins this since Judge has gotten hurt. That's true. So I think that a guy that that's going to hit. I mean, Otani's hit well, but he's still only got I think like fifteen. This can go back to homers.
0: the the rookie of the year conversation we had we had last week. We completely neglected Otani. I think he's worthy of it, just a a consideration. I know he doesn't play every day, but I think he's done well enough as a hitter. And I know he hasn't pitched in a while, but. He
2: showed what he can do on the mound. If he would have pitched all year, he would have definitely won it, yeah. but Andujar ran away with it. I mean, there's no question that yeah, he's he on fire. I mean, he's hitting 300, I think, right now, if or 99, Yeah, like, the, he, he ran away with it, and, yeah. and he's starting to hit homers, too, and he's getting extra base hits, so I think he's in the top five in all of baseball and doubles. Yeah, I think so. So, like, Andujar ran away with that, but... I wouldn't disagree. Like, and everyone said it was going to be between Otani and and Glaber Torres, and they neglected to add Andujar in there. But for right reason, I mean, Andujar was looked at as a prospect, but it wasn't like he wasn't looked at as like a Glaber or yeah. Otani. So, but that was a really good question. Um, the next question from Zach, with the increase in athleticism, athleticism, strength, quickness, and stuff like that in pro football, and the increase in concussions and CTE. Do you think pro football will eventually fold because of the risk-reward for playing? And this kind of – we didn't touch on the the NFL shit that was happening with the tackle rule because we want to put it into this question. So I think the NFL should be worried. If they keep this rule around because of something like the XFL coming, I think players will – Jump ship. It's going to be hard to jump ship because, like, I think the top players will stay in the NFL because the NFL's got the money. Yeah. But yeah. I think if you're a guy that is, like, on the on the edge of making the team or you're not playing a lot, you know, back in the day, like, a coach wanted a guy that was going to go out there and flatten somebody. Like, wanted someone that was going to go out there, balls out, and just play and not give a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, you can't – it might as well be flag football. <laughs> So I don't know. Like I think that it's. I think the NFL should be worried if this rule doesn't get changed or revised mm-hmm. before the start of the NFL season. Yeah. it's gonna be. I think the NFL is in trouble.
0: I think they'll definitely look into. They at this point they have to look into changing the rule or revising it or something. They gotta. They gotta tweak it because it, it, it's getting ridiculous. We you showed me that video the other day where a guy made a leg tackle
1: mm-hmm. and he
0: got flagged
2: for it. It was crazy. Well, and the Vikings game. Guy, uh, who, I think it was a linebacker. I don't really know who he was, yeah. but he came around. He kind of slipped, and his knees were on the ground. Mm-hmm. And he ta- he sacked the quarterback and got flagged for it. Yeah, like he didn't even hit the quarterback full yeah. speed.
0: But so, uh, going towards like the the injuries and whatnot, and like all that uh, with the risk reward, I don't think that the NFL will fold because technology's getting better, equipment's getting better. They're coming out with better helmets. They're coming out with better shoulder pads. Um, some of you who may know me. And my family and Zach, we work in that, but I'm not gonna mention that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I don't think. And also, you got the fans. It, it drives. It's a eight billion dollar, nine billion dollar industry. As much as like, and there's more more leagues coming out, giving professional players more of a chance to play. You got the XFL, like you said in 2020, coming out. There's another league um, coming out. The AAFL that's coming out soon as well. That's, I think that's going to be successful. The XFL is probably going to be successful this time around. It depends all on marketing because people love football. And regardless what fans say, it's not what they think. All right? They're like, oh, they, they say they look out for players like safety and all that. Fans don't care about the well-being of players. They want to see big hits. They want to see big plays. They want to see
2: it all. They want to see gruesome tackles where they where they grimace like oh. I will mean, be honest. When, yeah, when I used to watch football like I would tune into ESPN Sunday Countdown because I jacked want to see up. jacked up. Yeah, and they I, don't even have that as a show anymore. No, they they had the the mossed thing and that, yeah. but like they got rid of jacked up. And I used to
0: love watching James Harrison play because that guy didn't care. No, there was yes. two hits in a row that he had against the Browns like maybe eight years ago. I'm pretty sure he ended Mohamed Masakwa's career before Masquad chopped his hand up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he would just nail people, whether it was was helmet-to-helmet or just clean hits. And also, these guys know what they're getting into. They've been playing football since they were little. It's literally impossible to tackle without your head. If there's somebody out there that could teach these guys how to tackle without using their head, please, (laughs) <laughs> please go to the NFL. And it's
2: way too hard to like teach yeah. a guy how to tackle right and then you're in the heat of the moment. Like- but just listen or just like listen, ask these guys how
0: they were taught how to tackle. They were always taught put the head on the ball and wrap around. You're still using your head. you yeah. know? And as a running back you're taught to lower your head or get lower than the other guys. It's...
2: It, and it's, also, it, it's You can't prevent it. Okay, is there going to be offensive penalties for lowering your head and trying to truck somebody? There's a rule in place that says running backs and receivers
0: or anybody carrying the ball that's toting it, they're not allowed to lower their head. That never gets called.
2: And we also saw a, a big uh, block by Jarvis Landry, uh, crackback block or whatever. Mm-hmm. That never got flagged. So, I mean, they're so focused on, on the defensive end of the ball, but... Like, all these all these
0: new rules coming out and all these penalties they benefit the offense. It's crazy. There's yeah. there's no rule that benefits the defense. Mm-mm. Defense is going to be a foregone conclusion in the NFL if they keep this up.
2: And while well, they finally implemented the offensive pass interference which never gets called. Yeah, it still never but, gets called. But they they And I think the defensive noise.
0: pass interference is stupid nowadays too. It used to be where you could hold the guy for
2: 5 yards. I don't even think it's that anymore. It's, the NFL. That's the thing. Like, and people can t- you can try to tell me that you're not going to watch it. I'm sorry. You, on Sunday, you're going to watch the NFL. I don't care what you say. Mm-hmm. You're going to watch it, and you're going to like it, and you're just going to bitch about it though the next day about how shitty that call is. And people are complaining now that
0: like this rules affecting football so much. It's the preseason. This is the time where they try new stuff. Yeah. You know they they last year or two years ago they tried the new field goal rule. They tried. The new kickoff rule. This is this. This is the time to experiment. All that. By yeah. the time regular season comes around, that's all going to be forgotten. Everything's going to be tweaked. It's all going to be better for the fans' experience and for the players' safety. So everybody freaking out about this. Just relax. Like Aaron Rodgers said, relax.
2: R e l a x. But it is a shitty rule, and it does suck. And I won't. I won't disagree with that. Yeah. But definitely, it's still early. So it'll be better. I. I, I the NFL is, you know, and if and if it doesn't get better and it's a shitty year, dude, we made it through a year with those shitty refs when the NFL was on lockout. So yeah. or the refs were on lockout. So we'll be okay as fans. And then Sharenko's last question—it's a quick one. We don't have to like dive too much into it. He wanted a hot take on the college pitcher throwing to parents. Um, so if you didn't if you didn't know this, Tim Kirchin posted an article the other day. About how there is a a, col- a former college pitcher who's who is uh, coaching twelve year olds and the parents or the dads would just yell at the kids and so the pitcher decided one or the the, the coach decided one day to have the parent the, the dads come out and throw live batting practice to them and he just blew them all away struck them all out and then he told the parents now you see how hard this game is you can stop yelling at your kids now. And I think that is the, g- the greatest thing because, one, I could so see myself doing that because I think it's hilarious. But this can also lead into another fan question, which was from Corey Snyder, about participation trophies because I think they kind of go hand in hand. Um, first off, baseball is one of the hardest sports. I don't care what anybody says. We've had this debate so many times. Baseball is one of the hardest games to play as far as skill is concerned. And the fact that, like, parents will sit there and freak out at their kids because they're not doing well or they're struggling is beyond me. Like, I'm okay with a coach getting on a, on a player's case. And most of the time, I wouldn't get on a player's case for, like, them not doing something as far as, like, if they struck out. I would get on a kid's case more so because they didn't hustle or something like that. But, like, the fact that a parent can just sit there and, Yell at his kid because he struck out is beyond me. So I, kudos to that coach for for letting those uh, the parents realize like this game is not easy. And most of those parents try to play like live through their kids. Like that the, the oh, dad probably yeah, they never
0: live vicariously through their kids. Yeah, the
2: dad never made it, so his kid's gonna be a pro baseball player now. Like I'm sorry, but that that shit is so annoying. And parents are so delusional. And I coached. I coached the, the 12, 11, 12-year-old 12 level before, mm-hmm. and I see how it is, and it's yeah. it's, it's it's rough. It like, rough. I, I coached with
0: your father-in-law, and we saw there, – there's parents out there that think their little ray of sunshine is the greatest player of all time, and they're not. And it's to the point where, like, if you're in high school, you need to learn at this point that, like, your kid's not the greatest. And that's why I think – Participation trophies are the stupidest thing ever because everybody gets an award instead of just shining the the light on one guy that was actually the bright star of the, the team. I think that's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, and like I don't care what you say. Like the next step, you know, is they're they're gonna take away all the awards in the NFL, the MLB. They're gonna yeah. take, everybody's soft nowadays. It needs to stop. Like the MVP award, it's
2: not gonna be a thing anymore. It's gonna be the most valuable team award from now on. It's stupid. What else? I, I kind of compare it to this. All right, so. Everybody gets a trophy. Does that mean everybody gets a college degree? Yeah. Does that, does that I, I mean everybody gets same. a high school diploma? It's uh, Well, technically they do. If you drop out, just get a GED. But. but like, it's like if, you know, if everyone gets an award, then what do you have to work for? It's like, stupid. Like – Everybody, everybody's seeking handouts nowadays,
0: man. Nobody wants to work for anything anymore, and that's the problem with this generation. I, I, I speak like I'm
2: frigging fifty years old, but it's the truth. No, like the way we grew up, like we had to work for what we wanted. Like if you wanted to succeed in a sport, you had to go to the gym, you had to work out. If you wanted, you had to put the time in. You if you wanted to win anything, and it's like these kids nowadays, they just expect, oh, you know, I'm gonna get ice cream after the game. So who really cares? Like, yeah. and that kills me. Like, just. I I agree, go play and have fun, but don't expect, if you're not putting the work in, don't expect for it to be handed to you. And that's what kills me. And that's I just bring that up every time. So if everybody gets an award or everybody gets a trophy, then that also means everybody gets a college degree. Because then that means I, I didn't have to go to college or I didn't have to work towards my degree because everyone should just get one. Everybody should just be a professional athlete then at this point. Yeah, so it's just... It, it's so stupid i cannot stand it it drives me nuts but it is what it is i mean we'll we'll kind of see what happens as far as time goes on but i don't see it changing anytime soon it's it's ridiculous so i had another we have i think two more questions for as far as fan questions Three. First question now Snyder's asking me fantasy questions. He's only asking because I won the league last year. He's trying to dethrone me. Not gonna happen. But who who are you taking number one overall in fantasy football draft this year? If I have the first overall pick, uh... just say like just say like Jay Cutler because he's in our league. So why are you whispering? That's recording. <laughs> I know. I know. that was,
0: nah. the, whole, that was the whole point.
2: <laughs> You can uh, say J. Cole. I'm going to go Hingle McCringleberry. <laughs> good pick. Good pick. Honestly, who wants the first pick in fantasy anyway? That's such a – It's the worst one it because is, you never pick. You don't pick for another 20 picks. Like if I want the, – the number one pick for me, like best overall pick would be like fifth. Like we have 10 people in the league. Yeah, that's the fifth. most
0: – Yeah, you're in the middle every time. You're in the same spot. Yeah, and like – you know, Or what? last you'd rather have because you pick back-to-back. I yeah. know you got to – after the second pick, you got to wait. But you still have – you're the first back-to-back picks. So yeah. yeah, it's not too bad.
2: No, yeah, first pick sucks. No one wants first pick in fantasy. Like yeah, my dumbass took Aaron Rodgers first overall in one league. Oh. The worst and time. Snyder's asking for fantasy advice. You fell asleep last year, bitch. Oh yeah, you when you had the first <laughs> pick, we pushed the draft back to eleven o'clock, and your ass fell asleep. <laughs> All right. So number two, what round are you take or what round do you look to take a quarterback in? Um,
0: I think after you assure your spots, the way they're going to get you the most points such as like running back or receiver, oh, right in the nuts. Also, Romo just got hit in the dick. <laughs> um, I think maybe like the third, fifth round you start looking because you can A, cheer up the receiver and the running back spots where you're going to get the most points, or B, after those two spots in the fourth round you go tight end because it's going to get you a lot of grabs too, especially if you're in a PPR league. I'd say, yeah,
2: third, third to fifth round you look for a quarterback, maybe just the fifth. Yeah, I'm gonna say definitely after all your skill positions are filled. So, I take. I always like to go running backs first, uh, but that's hard. That's also a hot take because there's more running backs than there are receiver good receivers. So you probably have a better like. I guess if you you got a top receiver on the board, you take them over a running back. But I don't know. That's fantasy football is all luck too. Like it really is. I mean. Like I I've said a hundred times I won with Blake Bortles last year like. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Like your team was stacked. You had you had all the skill positions full and then you picked a quarterback. Well, I so, started out with I started out with uh Cam Newton and I released Cam Newton. Yeah. I picked up Deshaun Watson. Cam Newton's a terrible fantasy quarterback by the way. He's so inconsistent. Oh well, yeah, like he sucked and then I got rid of him and then he did good, but then I picked up Deshaun Watson and then he got hurt and then I I went with I think I went with uh I just went to Bortles after that. Mm-hmm. I think I had Kirk Cousins for a little bit. but So, I mean, it's all luck. But We're running long here today, man. It's all good. And then, uh, last one. What's your preseason Super Bowl matchup and who will win it? So, who are we thinking is going to get to the Super Bowl and win it? I said on the first episode, look out for the Chargers. Chargers? Yeah. For the AFC,
0: you got for... Um, for the AFC, I, I had the Chargers. They're my sleeper, but my more realistic pick for AFC would be the Jaguars. I think, um, I mean, if Bortles does bad, maybe they trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Because I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be available for the Jets on the trade. And then for the NFC, oof, um, I hate the Eagles, but I think they're going to be up there. Uh, the Vikings, they're, they're stout on defense and on offense. Um... If Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, I think he's going to have more of an impact than Kirk Cousins will. Uh, Yeah, I'll probably go Minnesota for NFC. So Minnesota versus the Chargers or the Jags. Well, you kind of stole my pick.
2: (laughs) Uh, You know, I kind of would like to see, obviously, the Bears, but that's not going to happen. So I'm going to switch it up then. I'm going to go Jacksonville-Rams. Rams? Rams. Yeah. I'm going to go battle of the defenses. The Rams just they didn't get any worse, they got better. And with their defense and their offense, they got yeah. Brandon Cooks, another weapon. Talib, and Damaking Sue. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Peters was there last year, I think, but no, um, they, they traded got,
0: for him in the offseason. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, Jesus. I'm going
0: Rams and they Jack lose Marks. Tremaine Johnson, which was like a big deal, and then all of a sudden they just turn out with the
2: best secondary ever. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> all right, so that's all we have for what we really have to talk about. So next up we have our interview with our good buddy, Steven Ducey. So we'd like to welcome on our good friend, Ducey, the Steven Ducey. And he did beg us to come onto the show because he thinks that he is a gambling uh, master. So we were going to see, we were going to test his gambling knowledge. So hopefully we're going to have him back throughout the football season and See what he knows. So, Ducey, you want to say hello to everyone?
3: How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on the show.
2: No problems. So, you're saying how you're big into gambling on football, but most of us know that last year, myself, in our fantasy football league, I had won the championship. So, try to tell me why your advice is going to be better than my advice.
3: Well, Betting on football and fantasy football are two completely different things, because it's not just about the player. It's more or less just score, or how many games a team will win. And luck. And luck. Mainly luck. What's (laughs) fantasy? Fantasy is luck, too.
2: Ah, with a little bit of skill. I mean, come on. I made some of the best waiver transactions probably in the history of fantasy football. Yeah, but it's all luck. Kareem Hunt, that wasn't luck. That was research. That was a uh, research-driven pickup.
3: Yeah, I had Kareem Hunt, too, in another fantasy league, and he was good for three weeks, and then he he sucked. Then he was good again. And I also had Alvin Kamara in your league, and he kicked ass.
2: I also uh, picked up Blake Bortles at the perfect time, and uh, let's just say Blake Bortles, great quarterback. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 well i did better betting
3: on football than i did fantasy football so i like evened out last year
2: so it worked out all right so do you want to talk about real quick before we get into the segments do you want to talk about my uh my great ufc analysis in your betting when we were in in atlantic city uh
3: well yeah i uh i went over for three <laughs> up of three
2: picks did i did i give you i don't really remember did i give you the like, who to take in all three of those? <laughs>
3: yeah, you did. And then, no, actually, no, you gave me you gave me who to take in two of those, and then you gave JT who to take in the last one, and he beat me in that one.
2: All right, so I was what, like one for three on those picks? Yeah. All right, that's not too bad.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, uh, the other guys are like huge underdogs, and they ended up actually getting their asses kicked.
2: Yeah, the one fight I told you not to bet on was the Cejudo-Demetrius Johnson fight. I was like, yeah, and you no- said Demetrius Johnson would kick his ass. Yeah, there, I was like, there's no way that Cejudo's going to win, and Cejudo was the biggest underdog on that card. You guys would have won so much money.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's usually how it goes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, oh well. So, I guess uh, you're never going to take UFC uh, betting advice from me again.
3: Probably not. <laughs> Probably not even going to bet on UFC again, because, I mean, that's, that's a tough sport to bet on.
2: Yeah, UFC, boxing, like those things are tough. There's always that puncher's chance. So I will say it is probably a little harder than most sports. But all right, so back to the reason you're really here is to talk about betting sports because Luke and I really have no idea. Like I've never bet on a sport. I never, honestly, like I'm not even, I understand like the plus and minus stuff, but it's not something I'm really, really great at. So kind of just. We're, so we're going to talk about football because we're in football season. So Ducey is pretty good with football and golf. So what we're going to do is we're going to every week, hopefully, we're going to have Ducey on Friday give us his three locks for the week for Sunday and Monday. Or we'll do Sunday because Monday, we'll probably record before Monday night football. And then uh, then what we'll do is we'll see where he's at and we'll keep track of his record throughout the, throughout the year. But before we get to the regular season, Ducey's going to give us some, some bets that he did already with the NFL that have to do with, with winning a certain amount of games, not necessarily the, the winning for the week. So let's, let's, let's hear some of, your, some of your bets so far. So first bet
3: would have to be Cleveland over five and a half games winning. So that means that they'd have to win six games. And I win some money. Okay. I do think
2: Cleveland is gonna turn around this year. I do as well. I think Cleveland, I honestly think that Cleveland is going to surprise people and they're either gonna come in second place or I could even see I think that they could get into the playoffs as a wildcard team. I really see, do. I I agree with you there. I, I wanted
3: to I was on the I was on the fence of picking Cleveland to make the playoffs because the there was more chance for money. In that but I, once I saw the five and a half games, I figured that they would win over six games. Yeah, I, I do see them coming in second, though.
2: Well, I think that the vision is very weak aside from the Steelers. I think that the Bengals and the Ravens are gonna be complete dog shit this year. I mean, Andy Dalton is garbage, Joe Flacco is garbage, so I don't know. And and the Browns, like their defense over the last two, three years, really has been pretty good. It was the offense that lacked weapons, and I think they now not only have a quarterback, and they have two quarterbacks. I think Tyrod Taylor is more than capable of winning games, but then yeah. you also have Mayfield, who was, hasn't looked bad, and then they have weapons now at receiver with Landry, Josh Gordon's back, possibly adding Des Bryant as we talked about in the last podcast. So I think uh-huh. that that they definitely have the weapons now, and don't forget David and Joku. So and and they got Carlos Hyde. So. I mean, yeah, I think I, but, I think
3: they're going to be really good this year. I, I I heard that they put Dez on the back burner, but who knows? I think that's more or less just like a hard knocks thing.
2: Kind of like taking it gonna, on. I think it's going to happen. I think that they're just right now is like contract things because Des thinks he's probably worth more money, but eventually he's either going to play and he's going to play for the Browns or he's not going to play at all. I mean, like I said in the last podcast as well, he had the Saints had reached out to him. Who are, I mean, I think the Saints have the possibility of going and going to the Super Bowl, and he turned that down. So, I mean, it's going to be a little interesting to see where he lands. I think he either goes to Cleveland or he's going to be out for the year.
3: I agree. I I don't think he'll be out for the year because I think a wide receiver will get hurt, and then I think someone will pick him up. But I, I think he was just looking to see what he could do to show that he still deserves to be in the NFL. I'm not like a huge Des fan, huge fantasy Des fan. Not the person, but yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't think Baker's gonna play at all this season.
2: I think he'll play. I think I can see Tyrod Taylor maybe, you know, getting hurt for even if it's only for like half a game. I could see. I think Mayfield's gonna get in the game some way, somehow. He's gonna be. He's gonna play. I
3: I still think that they're going to kind of hold him off for a whole year. I think they're more or less just going to put him as a red shirt, let him learn the system, and then put him in. Because I think if they – I think they don't want to screw him up like they have with all the other quarterbacks that they've had.
2: Uh, It'll it'll definitely be interesting. I think the Browns are definitely – and this is exactly why they're on hard knocks is because they are the most intriguing team. They have definitely the most buzz around them than any other team. So – it's gonna be mm-hmm. gonna be an interesting year for the Browns. So what else what other picks do we got?
3: I also have Baltimore under eight games.
2: Which I already talked about because they're gonna be complete dog shit. I think their best chance to win is with Lamar Jackson and that's because he's versatile and they have no weapons on offense. Their their yeah. offense is complete I, garbage.
3: Yep. I, I honestly I don't see Crabtree doing that well there. I see, um, was it John Brown? I think yeah. He's from Arizona. I think he's going to do well. Supposedly he's having a really good training camp. One thing with the Ravens is they have a very tough schedule.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Flacco, Flacco is just not the same dude. Like the year that he they won the Super Bowl, he was great. But since then, he's he's kind of really declined, and I don't know. I think, like I said, I think Lamar Jackson, do I think that he'll be great? No, but I think he gives him the best chance to win because you can open up the playbook, and with Flacco, I mean, he's not – I won't say he's not athletic. Like, he can evade pressure, but he's not Lamar Jackson, so. Yeah. So what do we got for the third one? I got the Rams under 10 games. And that that one was an interesting one to me, because the Rams are a lot of teams picked to go to the Super Bowl this year for the NFC. Um, why do you why under ten games? I mean, ten games so, is a good that's a big milestone. Ten games is a lot of games to win. So, yeah. So for me,
3: I, I I just don't see them having the same year that they had last year. I mean, they did make a lot of moves in the offseason. a lot of good moves, in my opinion, but. I just don't see them having the same year. They have they also have a pretty tough schedule in my opinion. I mean, weeks they go Raiders first week in Oakland. Then they play the Cardinals who Cardinals are hit or miss. Chargers are hit or miss. And then they play the Vikings, who Kirk Cousins looks really good.
2: But you gotta you gotta also remember the Cardinals though, who are they playing at quarterback? Sam Bradford, I mean I guess week one, Sam Bradford is great. Every other week, Sam Bradford's horrible. But then they also have Mike Glennon and then Rosen. So I'm pretty sure Bradford's going to start. I, I don't even know how Mike Glennon's on that team. Mm-hmm. I've witnessed Mike Glennon for, I think, like three games as a Bears fan. And he was – I think I could have gone out there left-handed and threw it better than him. Like he's he's horrible. He is so hey, bad. He's not that good. But – I don't know. I I'm gonna go. I, if I had a, if I was betting, I think I would take. I think they win ten games.
3: Uh, it's. I mean, to me, that's my like. To me, that's my wild card bet. Like, I I just that's my sleeper bet where I think the Rams aren't gonna win ten games. I could see them going like. I, I could see them winning nine, maybe.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, 10 games is a lot of games. If you win 10 games, I mean, you are a top – obviously a top team in the NFL. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, the, I don't know. The Rams, to me, they only got better. They didn't get worse. They didn't lose anybody. It's going to – it's obviously going to depend on, on Gurley. Like, Gurley, you know, first year was good. Then he struggled a little bit. And then last year was phenomenal. So, it's like – I mean, it's really going to depend on that. And I think golf is good. I mean – I think Mc I think McVeigh is a great coach because I think he he tailors everything to his players. You know, he makes his players fit his scheme. So I think that I don't know. I, I like the Rams. I really do. I agree. I
3: mean, and there are, there is also a a local on that team too.
2: Yeah, yeah, Sebastian.
3: Yeah, don't hate me for not picking your team to win ten games, but that's just that's just my go to.
2: I mean, no one even knows if he's going to make the roster, but... He'll definitely, I think he will. If he doesn't make the roster, he'll definitely be on the practice squad. I mean, mm-hmm. he was dra- I mean, he was taken in the draft, so it wasn't like he was an undrafted free agent. But, I mean, that defense is going... They, that might be the best defense in football this year, if it's not Jacksonville or the Vikings.
3: It, could very, it very well could possibly be that.
2: So, what else do you got for us? Uh,
3: my other, like, sideline pick... Would possibly be uh, the Colts, which is uh, plus or minus six and a half. To me, that's a very iffy number because the Colts, they don't have... Like, it's more or less if Andrew Luck stays healthy. I agree. I, I, if he doesn't stay healthy, then I don't see them winning over seven games.
2: You don't think Jacoby Brissett's uh, capable? Uh,
3: it's more I. When Jacoby Brissett was in there, it was a lot of Frank Gore, too.
2: And he's not Frank there Frank Gore anymore. is gone. Yep.
3: I mean, he was old, but he was still doing really well for them. I, I just don't see them doing that much. I see when Luck is in, T.Y. Hilton's fantasy numbers go up. When Brissett's in, they go down. So, I mean, it's more or less, I, I just don't see them doing that much.
2: I agree. I also think that's a team that if they didn't get better, they got. If they didn't stay put, like, if they're not the same exact team they were last year, I think they got worse with or without luck. Like, they're a team that, again, offensive weapons lack. Their defense is not great. I can easily see them being, maybe not the worst team in football, but I could see them being.
3: Now the well, Bengals are going to be the worst team. Bengals or Dolphins?
2: Ooh. That's a uh eh, dolphin I think the dolphins that's a little I think that's that's a hot take the Bengals yeah? possibly Yeah, I don't know like the dolphins are always one of those teams that because of the division they play in like minus minus the Patriots like I I think that the dolphins are a team that I don't know they can they're going to win I think seven games they could win seven games I think Oof. I don't know. Uh,
3: that offense is very shaky too.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. Like after they got rid of Ajayi, he, they ran the ball pretty well. I mean, and you got to think they played with Cutler last year. Now I don't think Tannehill's great, but I think he's better than Jay Cutler. So I agree. I don't know. Like if I had to pick a worse team, I can honestly see the Ravens being worse than both of those teams. I don't
3: agree with that. You don't think so? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see the Ravens being worse than them.
2: I don't know. There's something about the Ravens that I just I don't don't like. I could see the Colts being really bad. I can, I could see the the uh, I don't know the Cardinals. Their defense is still decent. It's not great. I mean, they got rid of Tyron Matthew. So what is it? And I'm interested to see what does it say for the Texans. Did, do you so know? The
3: Texans are plus or minus eight and a half.
2: Oof. Yeah, I don't see, know.
3: That's a that's a bold one too because I mean you didn't see that much
2: of. Deshaun Watson. I know, but when he played, like, those, what was it, three or four weeks he played, he was an MVP, like, he was he was frontrunner MVP, I mean, I had him those weeks, and he was putting up 40 fantasy points a week, like, with him and Will Fuller and with DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that's a team that, that they are the same exact team, and I, their defense is decent, if, if Cushing doesn't get hit with it, I don't even know if Cushing's still there, but... I'm, it, not into, I'm not. entirely sure either. If he got, if he get, doesn't get pop roids or Whitney Merciless stays on the field, like their defense is a is a solid defense, and I don't know. Like I, I like Deshaun Watson a lot, so I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one too. I was just curious because they weren't really a team that lost much either, and I think last year they were a, a really good team up until Deshaun Watson got injured, and then you can't forget about J.J. Watt either. He stays on the. No, field. Yeah, they,
3: they, yeah, he's. He's a solid teammate
2: there. So, I don't know. Yeah, that was a little interesting. And I have to ask, what does it say for the Bears?
3: (laughs) Uh, The Bears? I think the Bears and the Jets are, like, exactly the same.
2: What is it, five games?
3: Uh, Jets are six. I know that. Which that is, is like, to me that's ridiculous as a Jets fan.
2: Like bad or good?
3: I I think that's a lie. I mean, I I do think that the Jets team this year is going to be a lot better. But, I mean, they have three good options at quarterback right now, but they still are a big question mark on who is actually going to be starting.
2: I saw that they might even trade Bridgewater.
3: That's, that's like the running story right now is that this whole preseason is more or less just a showcase for Bridgewater in the sense where he, if he does well, then the Jets could trade him to a team that's going to need a quarterback and get something good back in return. Like draft picks or a player that they need, but I honestly wouldn't hate if Bridgewater does well, keeping him and having him start the season. I wouldn't hate
2: that at all. If I had to pick a guy that's the odd man out, would be McCown. Not that he's done bad, I think McCown's done good, but he's older, he's prone to injuries, which, I mean, you can't say Bridgewater's not, but obviously, because you don't know what's going to happen I mean, with the leg injury, but I don't know, like, McCown's a guy, he's older, like, you already drafted Darnold for the future, so, uh-huh. I mean, I don't know, to me, if I'm if I'm looking at quarterbacks, but then at the same time, if you're going to trade one of them between McCown and Bridgewater, you're going to get the most in return for Bridgewater, so, I mean, it, it's a toss-up, but, I mean, there's no way the Jets win more games than the Bears.
3: Well, the Bears are over-under six and a half, and... I mean, that bet that I have with you still on the table. If you want to take it. Wait,
2: what was the bet Jets, again?
3: Jets are going to do better than the Bears.
2: Did we say, like, so we're just saying record-wise, huh? Yeah, record-wise. And what was the bet? Well, like I don't even remember because we were drinking a little bit when we were in Atlantic City. So
3: I don't know. Any number I said,
2: you were like, I'm not going to do it because I know if I bet on the Bears, they're going to suck. What if we bet and if if you win... I'll let you co-host on the podcast for a whole episode. All right. What right. if I lose? I don't know. I didn't figure that out yet.
3: All uh, right, You can run that with Luke and see what he has to say.
2: <laughs> I don't think he'd have a big issue with it. <laughs> yeah, I bet he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if the Bears lose, if the Jets win more games than the Bears, you can co-host... Like, so it'll be all three of us on one episode. I'm not going to just give up my seat, but you'll be on the full episode from beginning to end. Okay. And if you, if I win, I don't know. I don't really know what I want from you, (laughs) DC. I don't want anything. You have to put 20 bucks on a bet for me, and if you win, I get the money. All right. Fair enough. So... Anything else you want to talk about, a little bit of your golf, even though we are not, we don't talk too much about golf, and it's not prime time well, golf betting yet, I guess?
3: Well, uh, FedEx Cup playoffs start this week, so that's pretty big. That's more or less like the Super Bowl of golf, with a person that comes in first winning $10 million, which is a big number.
2: Yep, that's a lot of money. I'd like to have that.
3: Yeah, anyone would. Okay, but the big name is uh, Tiger. Everyone knows Tiger Woods. Yep, he's the sixth favorite in this first tournament right now.
2: So is that good? And so is, that? is sixth favorite like is that good? Like,
3: so pretty much, if you're gonna bet on, so golf is probably the luckiest sport you could probably bet on because it's one of those sports you never know what could happen.
2: Kind of like UFC. <laughs>
3: I think you have better odds of winning at UFC because you at least have a general idea. No, I mean, I, these guys are playing four rounds of 18 holes. No, I so agree. A lot can happen.
2: I agree. I agree.
3: So, I mean, you're picking someone to win before. So the odds, like if you pick someone, you could win a lot of money and they end up winning, but they're going up against 125 other players.
2: All right. So, so what are you thinking here?
3: I think that Tiger will place in the top 10. So when the prop bets come out, that's obviously probably what I'll be betting on because I think that he will, I don't think he's going to win the tournament, but I do think he will place top 10 because the last two majors, he's proven that he can do that. And I think he will.
2: So like as a golf fan, is like Tiger, is he going to win anything big ever again? Or is he just going to be a guy that like lingers around? Cause like I don't I don't watch golf I, I, I just kind of see it on ESPN or like Bleacher Report post stuff once in a while and I'll see I'll see on there and I'm like but he hasn't won anything like he looks like he's doing better I mean like I said I never really followed golf so
3: I mean I, I think he I think he has potential to win at least maybe one or two majors that for, might be a little steep for the rest but. of his career. For for the rest of his career, I mean that those are like major tournaments. So those are like the big tournaments, like the Masters, the U.S. Open, the British Open. Like I think he has a chance to win one of those. Okay. Because I mean he placed second in the PGA Championship, which was the major last week, and then he placed in the top five, I think, in the U.S. or in the British Open. So, I mean, in the beginning of the year, he even said in one of his press conferences that he, in the beginning of the year, if you asked him if he was going to place that high, he would have said no because he didn't have a swing. But watching him play, like, he's hitting the ball really well. I, I, I think he has potential, and I think he's just going to get better. It's just hard because you got these young guys that are
2: killing the ball right now. Yeah, so, like, has golf gone through, like, a... a- a change like you like we see with baseball like baseball the sports change as far as like guys are throwing harder and and guys are just stronger hitting like they're hitting home runs more like that's the focus football we see it sucks ass now because you can't hit anybody like has golf like evolved to the point where like so now tiger like he's struggling to to place or to to be in the top 10 or whatever because golf has changed or is that just how, how does that work
3: I mean, uh, yeah, I, I would say I would say golf has changed in the sense of that, where it's more, of it's more or less like these young guys who are ripped, like Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka, where they're jacked. They don't even look like golfers, and they're out there driving the ball three hundred and forty yards in the air before it even touches the ground. And Tiger, Tiger, who he's older, it's, he can't do that, and he even said that. But I think technology of the clubs and everything also has a big part in it, too. Because so, these club manufacturers are putting some stuff in it where it's making the ball go
2: further, which helps Tiger out. Like a composite baseball bat. <laughs> pretty much, yes. Uh, do they test for PEDs in golf? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Is it strict? I
3: believe they do, at least. I, I I'm pretty sure that they do.
2: Uh, I don't know if these guys are that that jacked, man. I don't know. Maybe the the testing isn't as isn't as strict. You know that maybe go- Maybe this is a steroid era of golf. I mean, it, it very well could be.
3: But I mean, these guys—they're like they're they're freaks. I mean, ch- uh, final round of a major championship, and the guy who won it lifted that morning before he went out and played. Any? Probably- I, I know I wouldn't be able
2: to do that. Probably did some steroids. Do see, you got to, well, you're an avid golfer, take some steroids, get on the tour, and get to work.
3: All right, and I'll definitely sponsor the show. You guys sponsor me, I'll do that.
2: How are we supposed to sponsor you? We have no money. If you're the golfer, (laughs) you're the one that's got to sponsor us. (laughs) All right, well, when I make money, I'll join the
3: tour. All right.
2: (laughs) Anything else for us?
3: Uh, Nothing right now. I mean, the Ryder Cup. That's at the end of September. That's going to be a that's going to be a big big betting for me at least.
2: Well, we'll ha- betting all throughout that. We'll have you on before that because football starts, so that's when we'll we'll start our new segment. I don't, we got to come up with a name with it. Anybody that's listening to this, if you have a name, his last name is Ducey, and we're talking about sports. So, if any of you come up with a name for this segment that we're going to do, let tweet it at us so that we can. We'll 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 give you credit every time we we say the name of the the segment, but I want to come up with something fancy for it. If you come I, up with something douchey, let us know. I could already tell if
3: like five people that I know are gonna actually tweet at you and make it something about me bad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because we all love you. That's why we you just you get like it's like playful messing with you.
3: I know. I'm already. A, I'm already the headstone of a fantasy football league I'm in. Nice. Yeah. Not in a good way, but
2: well, you, well, you were too pissed with my league, so you quit.
3: No, I just needed to focus on. I I couldn't do three leagues again. Three yeah. leagues for that amount of money. It was. I was struggling with that last year, so I just figured I'd focus on two, and actually try to win one of them. Hopefully.
2: Well, you're missing out because we're going to be doing the draft on the podcast.
3: Yeah, well, you should do one of the leagues I'm in and do the draft on the podcast, too.
2: No, I'm only going to do the one that I'm in because that's the only league I'm in. And it's <laughs> going to be funny. Like, I don't know any of the people that you're in the league with. Well, I do, but. Yeah, you do. But all everyone else is still in my league, so. <laughs> all
3: right, very true, very
2: true. So you're going to be missing out, man.
3: Well, I'll be. I won't be missing out. I'll listen
2: to it. Yeah, and then we have some fun stuff uh, planned for that too. So it's going to be interesting. All right. So you got to listen. All right, definitely will. All right, well, Ducey, thank you. It, it, I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Fridays with you, and uh, let's, I'm trying. I can't wait to see how much money you either win or you lose. So we're going to keep track of it on Twitter every week. Every week, we're going to update your record (laughs) and maybe we'll put a dollar amount to it if you're not uh if you're not too shy we'll see how much money you you win and lose
3: yeah i mean this is this is actually going to be very interesting i'm actually pretty interested to see how i'm actually going to do
2: if you if you lose like more than like two grand we're gonna you have to personally call the gambling problem phone number
3: well if i win if i lose more than two grand I don't think I'll be alive because I think my dad will actually kill me for actually betting two grand on football and losing it.
2: Well, like throughout the year.
3: Probably, yeah.
2: All right. Well, I'm,
3: I've never been in that. I've never been in the hole that much.
2: All right. Well, so what's what's a good number then?
3: What's a good number?
2: So, like, what about a thousand bucks?
3: All right. If I lose a thousand dollars, I will call one eight hundred gamblers.
2: All right, that sounds like a deal. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank you. No problem. All right, bye. Bye-bye. All right, so thank you to Stephen Ducey for coming on. Um, this is something that we're going to do probably like every Friday, I was saying. Now this is when the regular football season starts, so not yet. But when regular football season starts, he's going to give us like three teams that he – has that he's going to be betting on that week and we're going to keep control uh we're going to keep track of how he does as far as his bets are concerned and we're going to keep a record and maybe he'll even be generous and tell us how much money he either wins or loses and we can kind of for the year keep track of what he said but also we cannot forget about the bets that he made prior to this season so we're gonna we're gonna hold him to those as well so, next up, we have our interview with Jared Malone. Jared is a Division Two baseball player at Westchester University. So this this episode had a lot of uh, Westchester folk in it. Yeah, Sharanko. Sharanko was mentioned. Yeah. We had Jared, and we have Ducey. So all all of them go to or went or go to Westchester, and, and Jared um, was uh, he still plays at Westchester. He was an All American and won a national championship with them as well. So it was a pretty fun interview. So here you have it, Jared Malone. All right, so we'd like to welcome on Jared Malone. Jared, thank you for doing this with us. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Luke is not here right now, so it's just you and I, but we'll make the best of it. So, um, so starting off, uh, you're at Westchester your senior year. Um, and you've accomplished a lot so far in your time there. Um, you've won a state title in high school. Uh, where You went to North Penn, correct?
1: Correct, yeah. We won, we won two state titles when I was there.
2: Two state titles. Uh, you've won a national championship at Westchester. And then uh, you were an All-American there as well. So tell us what it feels like to win, because Luke and I have never won anything. whether it was in high school or college like luke and i never really won anything so tell us what it's like (laughs) Um, i was fortunate enough to go
1: to a very good high school a very good program so i mean i I was kind of walking into it where they were already a winning program but uh i mean it kind of like when you go into that it kind of sets the tone for like the rest of however long i'll be playing because if I when I go into the high school and I see what it's like to win, you know, I, I want to do that all the time. So that's kind of that's my mentality on you know, it every year. Is you know, nothing's better than winning, especially baseball a team sport, and nothing's better than winning with all your best friends on your team. So that, that was definitely a good feeling to win and be able to enjoy that with some of my best friends.
2: Yeah, and at North Penn because I I had a couple of buddies that went there as well. How many kids try out for a baseball team there?
1: Uh, there had to have been somewhere between, like, 75 to 100 kids.
2: Yeah, like, that's unreal. Uh, where, where I went to school, literally no one got cut. Maybe there was, like, one cut, because you'd get 30 kids. You'd throw 15 and 15 for varsity and JV, and then that's it. So when you go to a big school like that, you definitely get to pick from a lot of kids. So, obviously, in those 75 to 100 kids, there's gonna be a lot of talented ones as well yeah
1: right right that, that's also the thing about baseball like like a small school you can only have like two really good guys that on any given day you could beat like you could beat a team like North Penn so was, like we didn't have any kids who were like incredible or anything but we, we had like a lot of kids who worked hard and that's what makes a good
2: program yeah and I've, I've done a lot of like I looked up a lot of stuff with North Penn and They've, I mean, Mike Pettin coached football there, so I mean that's yeah. that's, yeah. that's pretty cool too. So, and what about like the the All American thing? Like, was that something like that you had in your sights, or are you more were you more focused on winning? And then it just kind of, you know, your numbers kind of just spoke for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like definitely in the all season that was, that was definitely one of my goals. Then I I started off the season pretty
1: awful, and I think I, that that kind of had something to do with it. You know, I was. I was trying to get there, but after after my first few games, I was like, "You know what? Like, it doesn't really matter. Don't really care too much how I'm doing because that no better feeling than winning." So, so that kind of helped me. And then we had, well, we had the Nick Ward get drafted, and he's an incredible hitter. So I got to hit behind him, and uh, the guy that hit behind me was incredible too. So it was it was pretty fun to be able to hit in between in the middle of a really good lineup.
2: Yeah, I watched a lot of the games uh, as far as the World Series went, and it was—I mean, you guys put on a pretty good show. I feel like it wasn't even really close, truthfully. So, I mean, I think I think you guys definitely—if mo- like people believe in momentum, like you really believe in it—if you watched you guys play in the world in the D two World Series, because you guys just—I mean, from the beginning, like towards the end, like at the end of the season, you guys were just so high on momentum, and it was just like nothing was going to stop you guys. Yeah, it's funny because we did for the World Series. We did uh,
1: like a opening night like, banquet with all the teams before the World Series started, and like all they're all wearing like matching outfits. They all got like funky hairdos and stuff. And we uh, like we stroll in. We're all wearing different stuff. Some of our guys are wearing shirts that are funny, and we're like looking around like, wow, like these these kids mean business. But we, we were able to have fun, but at the same time, when it was game time, we were able to take it seriously.
2: And before going to the next question, I also saw at, in the World Series the one home run you hit. I don't was it a grand slam? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. What it was uh, I was, say it was like the third or fourth inning? We were down three nothing. Yeah, and walk me through that because that's got to be. I mean, that's got to be like top five, like one of your best feelings as uh, far as baseball is concerned. Yeah, but, concern. yeah that, was a, that was a pretty long day to begin with because it was it must have been like a hundred degrees. <laughs> we were
1: on turf field, so. We started off the game. Uh, they got they got a few runs early, and then that inning, I want to say it was like a with like a wall hit by pitch. Uh, I think I had two outs, and they ended up making an error on what should have been a double play or something. And that's that's what loaded the bases for me. And at that point, it was pretty much like we're just trying to get one run. But you know, got a good pitch, and that was definitely one of the better feelings I've ever had.
2: Yeah, that was that was a uh, I was actually. Watching it on my way home from my honeymoon. And, uh, cause obviously, like, Zach's one of my best friends. And, and, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. Like, we were all talking about it in our group chat and stuff. So it was definitely something that, it was pretty cool. I think a lot of people up where we're from, like, only knowing Zach and, and Josh McLean, like, a lot of us were, were pulling for Westchester. So it was pretty cool. Like, a school, I mean, it's not real far away, but like, you'd think naturally we're rooting for a school like ESU. But, with knowing Zach and McLean, like we were really pulling for Westchester I'm pretty sure everyone around us was just looking and keeping up to date with all the scores and everything so it was definitely a pretty cool feeling
1: yeah yeah like teams from the Northeast actually like don't get that opportunity too often so yeah when it happens we're definitely, definitely rooting for each other
2: yeah so going on to the next question so we already talked about you went to North Penn which a lot of people would consider a powerhouse high school then you went to LaSalle right and then yeah. you and then you went to Westchester was there like a huge gap in competition at, at any of those levels or did you just kind of adjust to it pretty easy i i mean i ask really because if you look at your stats like you basically hit everywhere you went and I, all those levels so mm-hmm. yeah, the, the biggest thing was just like the speed of game it just gets
1: get faster at every level you go up but... Like, if you're able to adjust to that, which that's what, like, like fall ball going into LaSalle, like, I, I had no clue what to expect because, like, record-wise, they, they weren't great, but, I mean, the kids on that team were very good, but it was still, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I'd be seeing, and, you know, when I got there, it was just every day you, you adjust more to the speed. Like, people run faster, balls are hit harder, the pitching's faster, obviously. But then when I got... When I decided to transfer to Westchester, the uh, the conference we're in was was pretty similar to the pitching that I face at the Division One level, at a mid major conference. So, I mean, not to knock not to knock the Atlantic Ten or anything, but I, I think our conference we have some players who would definitely definitely excel in that conference.
2: I mean, there's people that will say that the PEC is the best Division Two baseball out there, which is pretty incredible considering it is in the Northeast. I mean, but I mean, you look year in and year out. There's guys getting drafted. I mean, now you see you're seeing more guys from the PSAC making it to the bigs, like actually making it on a big league level. We saw Joey Wendell, and now we saw with Matt Festa as well. So, and Brandon Miller was a top prospect there for a little bit, and then he ended up getting traded. So, the PSAC is definitely, if it's not the best, it is one of the best Division Two uh, conferences out there, without a doubt. So, I don't think that's really knocking. Uh, the, the conference that LaSalle's in at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we definitely have uh, like a few individuals in the PSAC. Even this year, I think Mercyhurst had a fifth rounder. And then,
1: like like you said, in Millersville a few years ago, before I got there, they had like four or five kids drafted. So, see so yeah, that's definitely, if, if not the best, it's definitely top three, I would say, conferences.
2: And as far as like competition changes, I only ask as well because – I went to a crappy school, high school. I mean, our conference is pretty bad. And then I ended up going to the JUCO level. And I know for me, my first year was the hardest really to adjust because I wasn't really used to it. Like in high school, I was a kid that either could just throw fastballs by kids or just throw a curveball. And then I got, I did end up getting to the JUCO level. And, and I mean, granted JUCO isn't great, but the conference that we played in was, or the region we played in was tough. So I know that it was definitely hard adjusting as far as pitching is concerned trying to get guys out because guys can hit breaking balls guys can hit fastballs it's really just you know you got to really do the like outthink your opponent as far as that level is concerned so
1: yeah that's, I, that's one of the things my high school coach would uh would always preach is just like a game of adjustments really and that's that's what i think it boils down to going to the next level it's just if you're able to you know, just quickly to the pitching or hitting or whatever you're doing. I think that's what that's what makes players uh, far better than some others.
2: Yeah. So this leads into my next question. Do you think going D one out of high school for kids is like a common misconception? Like they feel they have to go D one or they haven't made it. Like I think baseball is a sport now, where which I think baseball is so great is that. Like you can get drafted from any level. Like you can get drafted out of the JUCO level. You can get drafted out of the D three level, D two, D one. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it might matter as far as your draft, like where you get drafted, as far as like the round or the pick. But I think if you produce, no matter where you are, it's you're going to get picked up by somebody. So I mean, do you think it's a misconception, or do you think that? I mean, it's good to have those goals. I think, but I mean, I think some kids just. You know, that's like they feel like they failed if they didn't make it there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely definitely agree with that because I, like in my case,
1: I had a I had a good sophomore year of high school and like that's when kids start getting recruited, which is which is very young. But uh, and then going into my junior year, I was thinking like, oh, like I, I only want to play D one. Like I, I don't even want to like talk to D two schools. So like, I I, I talked to. Like Westchester's coach, Miller's old coach, East Stroudsburg's coach, back in high school. But like, I didn't really give much interest because, like, at the time, I was like, I was thinking I'm thinking I only want to play D one. So, I mean, definitely, definitely wasn't a good idea to close the door on some other options. But I'm obviously I'm happy where I'm at right now. But I mean, D one. If you don't play D one, it's definitely not the end of the world. There's there's def- definitely many routes you can take.
2: Yeah, and also like there's kids out there like they'll go D1 but you're going to, you know, why not go somewhere where you're going to play right away? I think that's something that should definitely play a factor into your decision. I think that, you know, if you're going to go D1 and you're not going to play till your junior year and that's after you redshirt, like that's that's a lot of I mean, it's going to be hard for you to just knock off rust or be like it's, I think it's better to go somewhere where you're going to play right away and develop. And that's why I do try to preach to people the JUCO level. I mean, I know for myself, I didn't get drafted – or drafted. I didn't get recruited out of high school really, so I went JUCO. And I would I had the opportunity to go on and play elsewhere. So I didn't take that opportunity, but I had more opportunities than what I had leaving the JUCO level – or going no, the, to the JUCO level. So definitely, definitely get better exposure, I think,
1: if you were to go JUCO – other than want to go to a school other than high school because it, it is tough, I guess, for college coaches to have to travel around to all the high schools. So, I mean, it's all about exposure really. But, like, I, I played with um, I played with some kids this summer that are from the area and they'll play at some D1 schools who aren't very good and they, they know about last year. Like, they say, oh, like we played you guys, you guys would kick our ass. And and I'm like, I, I'm like they're not wrong, but it's just like the fact that they go to a D one school and they know that like D two schools are better is was interesting to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely. I mean, look, there's D one schools out there that are so bad, like like Coppin State. I mean, I, I don't even know if they've had a winning season in years. Like yeah, so, my my
1: home field this summer was actually Coppin State's home field. Oh
2: and really? Just, <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, like I, they don't, like, You can tell
1: it's, it's not just a team; it's kind of the whole program because they don't really take care of anything
2: yeah so I mean that's that's the one thing like I mean I, I would definitely say going d1 is is a misconception I think that it's a good goal like I think if you work towards that goal you're definitely going to to improve as a player because you're going to be working hard and trying to to surpass others that are getting looks but I definitely think that you know you should if you're getting recruited or something like definitely get or you know look into other schools as well and don't close the doors on those schools yeah
1: <laughs> that you know, I learned a lot my freshman year I, I definitely didn't enjoy myself too much but you know I, I learned a lot which I'm grateful for but at the same time you know, I could have been could have been somewhere else and doing better and having more fun
2: yeah and you're not the only one I mean there's kids that I played with that they did go D1 and before you know it after a year two years they ended up transferring to a D2 school and they ended up doing really really well at those schools so I mean I mean I think I think it's a common mistake by a lot of kids. It's not really a mistake. It's just more of a learning experience. You know, everything happens for a reason. So. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, next question. I was a little surprised this past year you didn't get taken in the draft. I know that Sharenko and I were actually, um, like, we kept up to date with the draft because he had, you know, he always talks about Westchester and everything. So, I mean, we're familiar with a lot of you guys, and we, we were we we're watching it. And I always like to see, like, what PSAC guys are getting drafted and stuff. And uh, so, when you get taken this year, which it's probably going to happen, what is, uh, what is that team getting in you? Like, what, what are they going to get in Jared Malone when, if that happens or when it happens?
1: Uh, I think the best way to try is just be someone who wants to win. You know, like, I, I'm much more of a team guy than a me guy, which you know, is something we joke about at Westchester a lot. But, but really, once we step on the field, you know, it's all about winning at that point. And, you know, the, like after you get drafted, I mean, obviously you want good stats, but to me it's it's much, more, it's much easier and much more fun to play when you're playing to win instead of playing for your personal stats, which is why like, I, I enjoy playing baseball so much because it's a team sport. But I definitely, definitely don't take anything for granted. And, and every day I, I work hard to make sure that you know, I help my team best, best chances to win as many games as possible.
2: And uh, do you have any superstitions before a game? Are you a superstitious baseball player or no?
1: Uh, not really. There's, there's one thing I always like. This isn't really a superstition, but it's something funny that I want to point out just in case <laughs> anyone from our team is listening. But uh, <laughs> before every game, like, we'll, we like stretch on our own and, and I'll go out like, by myself and I'll do like sprints and karaoke and whatever. And uh, one one of my best friends, Kyle Irwin, before every game, he'll find me and he'll he'll go stride for stride with me when I do my sprints and when I do my karaoke. And if I if I don't wait for him, then he yells at me. So that's that's just something we did every game this year that, that probably looked pretty stupid from the side, but it was, it was something that
2: was pretty funny. All right. And uh, what is your signature, signature moment this far in your career? And this is the last baseball question, so...
1: To say, like the championships are up there that's hard to rank but I, I would have to say it would be uh, senior year when we won when I won my state championship because that those kids are uh, pretty much all the kids on that team are my best friends and we still we hang out almost every day in the summer we still talk about that all the time and all, all the championships are great obviously but that one that one was pretty special because we were we had the best team in our high school's history, but we didn't have anyone who got drafted from that team yet, hopefully, but, and we only have like five or six kids from that team who are even playing college ball, so, I think that's what made it so special.
2: Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool to think that you guys were the best team in that school's history, and, you know, five of you, I mean, how many are a Team 15, at least? Yeah, 15, 18, yeah. And only five are playing college ball, like that's, that's pretty pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean we we pitched uh, there's a kid on Westchester
1: now, Colin Healy, he pitched against a kid, I think he was going to West Virginia in like our state semis, and he ended up he ended up outdoing them. We won an extra innings, but just being able to see like our lineups beat a kid from West Virginia and and Colin was able to shut down their lineup, it was it was very good. It, it was just it was a lot of fun.
2: Were you guys the underdog in that game? Like do you think that you were the underdog?
1: Matchup that was like the that was the thought, but I mean I don't like our, our we had two pitchers who started pretty much every game for us, and they I don't know if they ever gave up more than like three runs. So to us, to so us it was like we just we had to find a way to score because yeah that kid was going to West Virginia and he was very good, but um uh, like our, our lineup definitely don't think was an underdog much.
2: All right, so we know that you're an Eagles fan. Which all we have to say is God bless you because I'm a Bears fan and Luke's a Giants fan, so we aren't the be- the biggest uh, of Eagles uh, fans. <laughs> but uh, give us your prediction as to how the Eagles are going to do this year. I gotta have high hopes. It's, it's
1: gotta be back to back, back to back two seasons. It's gotta be. Uh, I go with eleven and five. They're finally late. Hopefully they play the Steelers this time in the Super Bowl because we gotta gotta make sure they beat the Steelers just for <laughs> Uh
2: I don't know though. I mean, you got Carson Wentz is is still injured, which you have to be a little bit worried because anytime a quarterback has an ACL problem, I mean, look at and I know probably, that, that I know probably. they're different, but you got to look at you know RG three, you know after his ACL problem, and, and same thing goes for Deshaun Watson. So I mean. You got to be a little worried about it, and now Nick Foles also. I mean, I don't know the extent of his injury, but I mean, we had our my, my buddies
1: had our fantasy draft last night. We were talking about we were talking about Wentz and Watson, and, and it was funny because a couple of them were like, "Ah, Watson's coming off a torn ACL; like, he's not going to be good." But then we're sitting there like, "Ah, so you don't think Wentz is going to be good?" Like, obviously, Wentz is going to be good. You know, we we have to have high hopes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, you got to definitely be hopeful. I mean, I'm still hopeful that the Bears are going to be good, but it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but, I mean, all right. So you had, you had your fantasy draft last night. Who would you take for your first pick?
1: Uh, I went with Bell. Ooh, Le'Veon Bell. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I had Shrank on the back of my mind for it. <laughs> Did you text him about it? Uh, we were talking before. I made a, I made a Twitter poll, too, and, and, and he won that, so I had to, to do it for the followers.
2: Yeah, I mean, hey, you, you, I don't think it's a bad pick. I mean, he's going to touch the ball a lot, so. Yeah, yeah, uh, hopefully hopefully it works out. All right, so you also, how did you celebrate the the Super Bowl victory? And please don't tell me that you ate horse shit or climbed an oiled-up light post. Nah, I didn't do that. Me, me and my buddies <laughs> from home were all together.
1: I think I screamed so much, I, I couldn't talk for like two weeks after that. Yeah. I've never been sicker after that, just from all the screaming, but actually, uh,
2: I know the, the kid who uh, hit the horse that made national news, uh-huh. he's, Yeah, he used to be a good friend, He's a be a part of mine, yeah, wow. unfortunately, unfortunate. he's a good kid, so I'll, I'll stand by him, but we, we all saw that headline, and we were, we had no clue what was going on, jeez, <laughs> We saw his, his face all bloodied up on the. I was on like Bleacher Report first, I think, and we were all going crazy because because he was one of our good friends for a while. So does that mean like he's shunned now or?
1: <laughs> uh, we we haven't talked to him in a while. I mean, occasionally, but it was it was before before that whole incident.
2: But I don't I don't think I think the news kind of fabricated a little bit. But hey, I mean, I guess he was just excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so that was our interview with Jared Malone. Unfortunately, the last segment with Jared got cut off. My son had woken up in the middle of our – what we were doing is we were doing a draft segment, which we plan on doing with most of our guests that we interview, and we get like nine random athlete names, and we have to draft them uh, and see like who gets the better team and put it on Twitter. Unfortunately, that got cut off because my son had woken up. I I went to go get him. And then I, I don't know if I wasn't recording I don't know if I deleted it while editing this on accident I'm still new to this we're still new to this <laughs> as far as as far as editing the uh, the on GarageBand so it can get a little confusing so I think
0: getting better at it though
2: I definitely think this is our best episode though so yeah. far so but so that's why the interview with Jared seems cut off but I promise there was nothing else in there that was like. yeah it was just the drafting thing like and then he said bye and that was it and we thanked him so again though thank you jared for coming on i hope you come back on again and even come on halfway through the baseball season and let us know how it's going i mean i know a lot of us uh down here or up here are rooting for westchester because we dislike the other teams in the psec so (laughs) so um definitely we'd like to have him back on he's very intriguing as far as not many kids get to win two state titles, win a national championship, and be an all-American. Yeah, so
0: that's got to be a sick feeling. Winning an Natty, man.
2: Yeah. Well, he's he said, and if you listen to the interview, he said he liked the 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 winning the national or the state titles better. Yeah. Than anything else. So, but that was it. That's all we have for you guys today. Hopefully, we'll have something out by Friday as well. Um, like I said it's been a little hectic with the schedule but it'll get better as as work starts to decrease a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll definitely become more consistent
2: with uh, our our posts, yeah, episodes. I guess posts, episodes, yeah, everything. It just it's a lot to do at one time when when it's in the middle of, you know, where we work, it gets pretty yeah. hectic around this time. So it's starting to slow also, down. Also, don't forget guys, we are now on iTunes and the podcast
0: app. So go ahead rate, review everything Do we have all.
2: we have almost 50 followers on on uh twitter there's no reason one sh- tweet retweet everything get us more followers but wow. also there's no reason why we shouldn't have 50 followers on soundcloud and 50 subscribers on itunes yeah all right so if you follow us on twitter subscribe give us a five-star review write a review all right let us Help us as much as we can. All right. And
0: if you're worried about space on your phone, just delete the episode after you
2: listen to it. Yeah. You
0: still get a notification because you're subscribed.
2: Yeah, that's another cool thing. Is we don't you don't have to see Twitter to see that we have stuff updated or on. It'll just tell you on your if phone. If you
0: subscribe to us on SoundCloud and the podcast app, sounds out a
2: little nice and a little notification to let you know that we're here. If we do end up getting more followers and we do get a better fan base, I'm not opposed to going out and making shirts and sending a shirt out to – I was dead serious when I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, like if we got – if we get 100 hundred followers, I'll pick one out of those 100 or two out of those 100, get an address and send you a free shirt. We'll get shirts made if, if we get enough followers. So Easy money. Help us out, guys. But thanks again. It was a fun episode, and we will see you. See you next time. Yep. Peace out.